battle continues. Hey everybody, welcome to the 12th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, and returning from his second trip to New York in the last four weeks, Eric Marchin. I'm not in a New York state of mind anymore, Matt. I'm back. Look it, you you spent 30 years never going to New York, and then you go twice in a month. I love it, like, my, my whole existence I've never been to New York, like, even as a, as a small infant... No. And and now I've been twice in 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 less time than what in a, in, in in a, a couple month? Of weeks really yeah, I yeah. feel like we were back for almost a month I think well, it was and the then, the eleventh or twelfth of October we came back right. right and now when we're recording this this will go up for you guys on the nineteenth but it's the the date ourselves it's the fifteenth right. today so about a month I'll tell you one thing. Never taken a bus again. Yeah, <laughs> oh I know. Oh, my God. So l- explain to everyone uh, why you went to New York again. And, and let's talk about your trip a little bit because we talked about our last trip and how uh, this was almost a polar opposite. Uh, I didn't go this time. Yep. Uh, automatically great. Automatically better. <laughs> uh, you didn't have to sit on a 12-hour bus this time. You flew. <sighs> Loved it. And you didn't stay in a tiny uh, uh, hotel with bunk beds. You stayed at the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> so, so every. Um, Everything is an upgrade from from the last trip, and and I just want to wipe that from my memory completely. Okay, uh, thanks. <laughs> Your happy birthday, you dick. No, I mean, I I gave you shit. If yeah, you, yeah. If you listen last, I, thank you to Nevis again last yes, week for stepping yes. in to uh, fill in for for Eric. I think it was a, a great episode, and I gave you a little bit of shit during the intro there, so right. I, I I welcome it back, um, which I I enjoyed. And, and again, I think it's if you haven't listened to uh, Draft Eleven yet, uh, you certainly should because uh, Nevis is more intelligent, more articulate, <laughs> more uh, intuitive than both of us combined. And I mean. It was a really great episode. Both of you were fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, so, and, and I, I mean, you, you were a little bit okay, but she um, was great. Um, and and I and I hope that she uh, she's on the show again. Yes, I'm sure we will uh, hear from Nevis very very soon. Um, but yes, you flew to New York for a quick 48 hour trip. Yeah, it was just uh, a little over 48 yeah. hours because it was Saturday afternoon. Actually, the last time when we were podcasting, you together, found out. I about found it. out about yeah. this. It was like this last minute. Um, BFCA Critics Choice event screening of Roma, which I had already seen at TIFF, and uh, it was my favorite film of the festival, and it's so far my favorite film of the year. Um, but it was a little kind of a schmoozing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's, kinda... it's basically for um, the, the beginning of award season to sort of get the critics yeah. to rally behind this movie and consider it as a film and not just. A TV movie that's going to be streaming uh, at the the beginning of December. I think it's being released theatrically at the end of November uh, in Toronto on the on the twenty. Yeah, I believe. I believe, the 30th. I believe it is is uh, coming out here. I don't know. I haven't. I'm not following that. I know light. Lightbox has been releasing a lot of the Netflix. Yeah, because they also have Buster Scruggs, which is uh, right. now playing at, when people are listening to this uh, at the Lightbox, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was it was a great experience. Um, it w- I felt completely out of place in terms of this you know upper fancy, class yeah. uh, fancy smancy kind of um, lifestyle. I don't know how people. Just do you think this do is it. the like, first and last time you'll ever stay at a Ritz-Carlton? 
Probably. Unless someone flies, unless Netflix flies you somewhere else. Well, The Irishman is coming out next right. year, man. So you and that's that going to they... be a big deal. Do so. you think this is them? You made a point earlier of being like, um, they want people to take it seriously as a film and not a TV movie. Yeah, so they want to legitimize them... their, their, their brand as more than just uh, streaming. This, this is a theatrical experience that is an awards contender. But and, do you I think mean, that's why they went last all year? But yeah, I know. But do you think that's why they went all out? In, yes, in flying you guys out there to screen it in a, in a venue no and put you a, up in a hotel because. Yeah, I mean, you, they don't do that for everything. And, I mean, you see a lot of... Well, this has never been done before. I was talking to a, right. a, a fellow member, um, just for Bonnie screening, Laufer, right? and I yeah. asked her, is, has this ever happened before? Not even with Netflix, but with just any studio. Right. And she was telling me that this is, like, the first time it's ever because happened. Because you do get that when... I mean, I think it's less now. Um, both in the video game industry and the film industry used to get this a lot, where they would... F- fly critics or, or press out to um it's the whining uh, dine for, yeah kind of, thing kind of where to yeah they're to trying to win you up, up to, yeah to vote for it yeah right or even not even necessarily vote but just give good press on a movie or right. um i think you still see it in um the junkets that still happens a lot there are certain um there's a group of, of critics who do these junkets all the time and that i completely understand it they're tv personalities they're going out there they're they're recording these things in the studios fly them up and put them up um, and then you also see it uh, for set visits. More less now. I feel like when nerd culture was kind of on the rise back in maybe two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I remember back when I was in college and things like that. You you'd see a lot of that, like flying out, and you get set visit reports all the time. And I feel like you get that here and there, and that's when they'll fly people out to. Uh, a movie set somewhere. Well, studios then, are more careful about spoilers now yeah, as well, especially true. like with Marvel stuff, because yeah, you would always hear like, oh, you know, uh, a website like Collider or something went yeah. to Atlanta to Slash see the, the, yeah. the behind the scenes of the latest Marvel movie, but now you, you don't as much. You do with some things. There's certain but... things and like it's very guarded and, right. and um, protected of what you're allowed to kind of say, which... Um, but yeah, this was this was like the full experience. Oh yeah, they showed you the so, movie. They flew so, you out there. Yeah, they flew us out there. Um, and, and when I say we, I mean like film other, critics yeah. from all. Like Bonnie Lawford and myself were the only two Canadian critics that were there. Yeah, but there were critics from all across uh, the U.S. Yeah, um, they flew us out to. It was multiple hotels. So I was at the Ritz Carlton. Some people were at the Essex. Um, the screening was at the Whitby. Which was downstairs. Ironically, in, you are from Whitby. From Whitby, <laughs> um, which is downstairs in their basements. And I initially thought it was just for like film critics, but then ten minutes before the movie begins, in comes director Julian Schnabel wearing a hoodie, looking like he's you know kind of homeless or something like that. And then, but he, Ant- did he look like me wearing a hoodie or like? Yeah, no, yeah, he looked yeah, like yeah. you wearing a hoodie, hundred okay. percent. Like yeah. he, he literally looked like he just woke up. Cool. And Good for came him. Came to man. the to the theater. <laughs> then Anna Winter was there, um, and also Michael Moore. So, so was, do you think it was also like a DGA screening too? Maybe, or, or maybe it's just because they were having it. They invited it producer to more people, maybe or something yeah. like that too. And it was just again like they usually put all of the voting kind of guilds together for a lot of this stuff. I right. think. Like, well, also if you go to the for your consideration websites, you can look at when they're having specific screenings for for, specific for guilds groups, and critic right. bodies. And you can choose one of them. So, like for example, I was looking at. Um, they, oh, they, while you were there, were you yeah, trying to see if they, there was they had one else? for yeah. on the basis of sex? But 
um, it was all, it was full. Right. So I, you I would have had to know beforehand to RSVP. Yeah. And this right? was so last minute yeah. where oh, you found out last week, and three days later you were there. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and again, the thing that I missed was was hanging out with you because it was kind of lonely and 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 just there wasn't a whole lot to do. I went to Barnes and Noble a couple of times for the Criterion 50% off sale. Yeah. Um, did you pick anything up? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, shampoo, uh, cold water, which is one of Olivia Sayas's first movies. Um, my man Godfrey. And then I picked up a couple things for friends that asked for, uh, releases. Um, but I had to, I had to restrain myself a little bit because I was only there for about 48 hours. Right. right so. But usually they're pretty good with that stuff yeah. if you wanted to, but yeah. um, I wasn't bringing back any cannabis no. as I was asked when I came back. <laughs> hey, now that it's legal here, man, I feel like you'll get that a lot going yeah. over the well, border, Especially so. when you have like a bushy beard and, you know, scraggly I hair. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say you look like a stoner though. No. Like I, I, I mean, I know you too well probably, right. but, um, Either way, well, I'm glad that sounded fun, man. Like, yeah, and, you and went I to Sugarfish again. I did, I sure uh, did, and it was fantastic. It's Although, so funny, like you went back to the same place instead I had of going to. somewhere. I it had was so to, good. Yeah, I had to go back there, and then I, you know, walked around uh, Times Square again a little bit. Central Park, I finally went oh, to good. because it was yeah. right across it was, the street. Right, you were staying um, right there, and it was really nice. Uh, it just you know, like kind of was it weird being there like a couple weeks after you were just there? A little like, bit. Yeah. I mean, like it, it and was you flew into JFK. Yeah, no, that was further out which was interesting because yeah. i had to go through Reed hastings picked you up yes uh, yeah. uh, through queens and, okay. and going through queens it, it is a different kind of experience Vibe, yeah. um best to walk in in new york because i i took a couple uh Ubers. uber rides and it's Just very bumpy slow. slow um and sometimes awkward because you'll get some drivers that are less acquainted with the areas that you're right. asking for or to go to and they'll be like can you kind of give me more directions <laughs> and, you're like, and i'm I... like i have no idea <laughs> right but other than that i mean it was a I great mean, just trip. follow the gps on the app yeah the thing i have to say though um uh the whippy their theater system their dolby atmos is amazing oh they like, have a really good setup I, yeah. when i was sitting there watching the movie even more so than, than the light box I, w- I was thinking like is somebody doing something <laughs> back there but it was actually from the the the, the score the soundscape yeah, of the yeah. film and it's so in tune and beautifully done and crisp, and you can hear every proper detail. masking. Proper masking. <laughs> nice. Everything was perfect. The only thing I didn't like was the moderate uh, the moderator for the Q and A. It wasn't Alfonso yeah. Cron was fantastic, um, and I loved the movie even more. And 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 I already liked the movie, so I can understand where people would have, you know, um, hesitation saying that this is just basically like bribery or like the optics of it is just basically to. Um, suggest that maybe you should vote for this movie but it is in my opinion the best movie of the year I've yeah seen so far so, so really it didn't change your no, opinion it um, only cemented and it. even then that's what they're trying to do and i don't think that there's anything gross or, or shady in that i mean yes some studios can afford to do this more so than others like for a smaller studio you might just get a screener in the mail or a link to a screener or something right. like that which is fine and i, um, and I will watch oh the yeah movie it's not like you're and, ever and... expecting and i know you better than anyone where yeah. you're not going to let a free trip to new york kind of sway your opinion on a movie if a movie's shit 
you still will take the free trip. Oh yeah, I'll take your trip, but I'm not gonna vote for it. But yeah, but but luckily this case, the movie I already adored, and I only loved it more the second time around. And good to hear. Now, um, someone like me who walked out during TIFF, if they would have flown me out, maybe I would have liked the movie. (laughs) Maybe you would have stayed for the whole film. (laughs) No, I'd still leave. Just get my name on that sheet to make sure they. You would walk out and see Alfonso Cron right there, and he's just like, "No, I know. I'll watch it when it's on Netflix. Maybe we'll see." But it is a movie Um, that I would recommend if if you do. Can if you're a theater, theater that is playing it, give it a shot there. But just see it. See, Did like, you, you know, skip that Adam Sandler movie yeah. for five seconds and 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 give this right. a try. Okay, let me do the spiel and we'll talk more about that. So, uh, if you guys didn't know, this is the Untitled Movie Podcast. Each and every week, Eric and I kind of get together, uh, talk about movies and all the nonsense that's gone on in the last week or so. Uh, you can get a new episode every Monday morning, uh, 9 a.m or at least close to 9 a.m. or at some point on Monday on any podcast service you like. Uh, We also have a new piece of news, too, which I mentioned last week. Um, We launched a second podcast. We sure did. Uh, We uh, thought one wasn't enough, and we wanted to give you guys a little bit more. It's uh, a cooking segment. It's a a spinoff. 20 minutes and under. uh, Each episode, we'll be reviewing a new release film. It's called Untitled Movie Reviews, and you can find it on podcast services everywhere, like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, Our first first three episodes are up right now, uh, as you're listening to this. Uh, You can Listen to our reviews of uh, The Girl in the Spider's Web, uh, Bohemian. Is it Bohemian? <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. And um, Ralph Breaks the Internet, which we um, we just saw in yeah. that review. I think it's actually pronounced Rafe. Uh, yeah, Ray Ray Fines the, the internet. internet. <laughs> um, speaking of Ray Fines, there's also uh, there might as we're recording this, we uh, I have not seen Fantastic Beasts and and The Crimes of Grundlewad. Um <laughs> Uh, well, there might be a review up I, there. I believe but, it's pronounced Grundlevod. Um, uh, actually, last week's host, uh, Nevis, might record that with me. But uh, if that might that might be up there, we'll see. Um, but yes, that'll be each week. There'll be at least one new review. There might be two. There might be three, depending on how uh, Eric and I are feeling or how much we've seen. So uh, we'd love it if you guys check that out. We wanted to do something that was a little bit shorter, a little bit more bite sized, a little bit more. Um, we wanted to cut to the chase so you could get to the yeah. reviews, and then this podcast would be mainly conversation. We'll still review things like we're yeah. doing the thematically Rocky the stuff. Rocky and Creed series right now, we, which we're going to talk about Creed. Uh, and we'll before, do something else after that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Rambo movies just came yeah. out on 4K. So there we go. Um, but or or maybe just we'll, Stallone movies, for just the rest. Stallone <laughs> films only. Stallone. So Driven, we're gonna do yeah. our Driven franchise. Uh, oh, Cliffhanger comes out in January too on, on 4K. 4K. Oh go. God, I love that movie. So we would love it if you guys also subscribe to that podcast give it a rating let us know what you think um and we appreciate everyone listening to this uh eric uh you just went to new york and have you been watching anything else did you watch anything on your flight Um, in the hotel uh in the last week or so that wasn't no well i did watch a little bit of uh the hunt for the red october on tv although i just recently picked up the jack ryan 4k collection um i went to go see the grinch uh, right, right after coming back from another thing New we didn't York. review, I, I I've just been out of no, it. No, yeah. and you know what? It completely just washed over me. Yeah. Like I've I've forgotten it since watching the movie, and it's a shame because that Chuck Jones Boris Karloff uh, narrated uh, TV special from the sixties yeah. is amazing. Is yeah. is incredible. I mean, anytime you watch that and Charlie Brown's A Christmas, it feels like the holiday oh, season really kicked yeah. in. And this movie, while it still has those beats, 
the modernization of it kind of say, feels like yeah. it doesn't work or it doesn't flow in, and and it feels like it is padding it out to extend it for you know an hour and 25 minutes instead, instead of, of 25 minutes 25 minutes <laughs> yeah and there's one bit of it that and i don't want to ruin or spoilers um but there is something with the grinch's backstory that i find a little unsettling in terms of how the the whoville the whovians treat him as a as a child that i mean but i mean that's even in we saw in the ron howard um one with jim carrey i mean i don't know well, i gotta for, see the just movie for, so just I for just for a, a group of people that are considered yeah. to be kind and, and, and big-hearted <laughs> and love christmas and love you know um being inclusive of one another um it, it's just weird how this backstory is kind of used and benedict cumberbatch who I think is actually a, a, a good choice for for the voice doesn't sound like Benedict Cumberbatch. They right. kind of keep his nasally kind of droll, deep, do, deep voice kind of to a minimum, and he kind of has like this um, almost yeah, like, weirdly just almost New Yorker kind of thing yeah. going on. Um, and it just again, it just feels like it's a missed opportunity. Uh, Illumination is a company that's been pretty much like a miss. Them. Yeah, um, I did like Max. Max was the one thing okay. from the uh, the original one and to in, into this one that I still like that character. Do you like the, the Ron Howard Jim Carrey? One? No, I hate it okay. with every fiber in my really? being. Everything from Even the Faith Hill younger? song. Nope, I didn't like it then. Really, I remember hating it then. Um, I I mean I the, the, the animated one the new animated one is an improvement on the Ron really movie? Yes. wow okay but I'm, that's not saying I much. have rose colored glasses for that one because I I fondly remember going to see it right. after um, a hockey game when I was uh, like I remember the Whippy AMC had just recently opened I think and um, I remember going there and it was uh, I don't know it was. I, I have nostalgic feelings towards the the Ron Howard one, right. um, not as much as the the original cartoon, um, but I still watch the the Jim Carrey one often. And um, and what was that Christmas song by Faith Hill? Oh God, I don't remember. Because I, I know that Cindy Lou Who who's annoying in that version as well. She became like a rock star, didn't she? God. Uh, what's her name i hate I that movie so much really i had I, no idea you hated it um, to me ron howard nostalgia is like splash uh that's my that's like like, like the kid version of of ron howard movies that i love but yeah i just never liked the live action version even as a kid like i thought it was sugar-coated crap <laughs> that's so interesting because i again and i love jim carrey too again and, rose-colored glasses i don't love it um loved it as a when did it come out? The early 2000s? Was it yeah. 2000 or 2001? Yeah. And then the way that even Jim Carrey was sort of his accent, he almost sounded like he was like this yeah. doing like a weird Bond accent, <laughs> yeah. but it was kind of off. I'm the Grinch. Um, <laughs> Shaken, not staring. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. you got it. The yeah. Sean Connery kind of thing. Um, yeah. Oh, the Whoville. 2000. So, yeah, I would have been 11. Um, I would have been 12. I was too mature for it. Yeah, I was still that of point. that. Um, but anyways, I, I had fond memories of it. I, and but that's fine. I mean, that's yeah. totally... I, and so that's why I'm curious. I mean, it is a story that I enjoy, and I don't like... You know I hate Illumination. Like, yes. other than Sing, which I mildly enjoyed, but that yeah. might, I might have had festival vision going on there right. too because i saw it at tiff it's a good time killer and i mean that movie is grinch or sing sing yeah in terms of like a you know american idol america's right. got talent storyline with animals but i the minions quite possibly are the worst things ever created they're definitely the um, most annoying thing created and i don't i know, hated and I don't secret understand life of pets people i like them that are above the age of five right i hate despicable me too 
did they make a third one? Yeah. I never saw it. It was with um, Trey Parker, remember? Yeah, I liked the trailer with him, the yeah. 80s, but he's barely in the movie, right? I no, think, he's, or, he's, he's like, like maybe two or three scenes. Yeah, which are in the trailer. Right. Um, so I I walked out of Secret Life of Pets. I refused to watch Minions. So Illumination's one of those companies that I just uh, I can't get behind. And I think they're the ones behind the Shrek reboot that's happening now, yeah. too, right? And then also um, they have Secret Life of Dogs two pets coming two, out pets yeah. coming out replaced louis ck yeah with pat oswald <laughs> which is a huge improvement so right. i'm fine with that but um no interest in seeing that i never saw the end of that movie i left like an hour and 10 minutes in i had like 15 minutes left and i was like interesting it was one of those things where well because for the illumination <laughs> title that comes up with the grinch they have uh, both a minion and kevin hart's bunny um, oh do, yeah! Like, a little intro. Do they now. make him like? Uh, God, they make uh, him talk. Yeah, I he hate talks. it. So Kevin um, Kevin Hart's getting paid an extra yeah, million dollars for just that. for that. Um, yeah, I, it was one of those things. I was watching Secret Life of Pets, and I had to go to the bathroom, and I was like, <laughs> just never came. Yeah, back. I was like, I walked, I went to the bathroom, and I was like, I could go back in for the last ten minutes, or I could go home, and I went home. So, um, and like again. W- we saw an animated movie today. You guys should check out our uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet review uh, that I mentioned. But yeah, the uh, like I, I also went to see um, if it's not Disney or it's not. Um, I mean, Sony does a pretty good job once in a while too. I know you like, guys talk, talked about Leica um, on the last yeah, episode. I, know I actually do you're a like big the fan, Leica right? stuff from Where... Box Trolls. Box Trolls is probably the weakest, but Coraline and right. Paranorman. I know you didn't like Paranorman. Um, are quite good, and I actually really liked Kubo and the Two Strings. See, well. I haven't seen Kubo yet, and I, I which has me very excited. About, I really uh, should, Bumblebee. yeah, I really should watch Kubo because everyone said it's excellent. But um, yeah, I mean, I what else did I, I left the um, Hotel Trans? Well, what's Hotel? What's it called? Transylvania. Yeah. Or the, the I walked the, out of that yeah. this year well, too. Well, you did like, like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh yeah, I love Fantastic yeah. Mr. Fox. I love Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's just so stop motion animation, but like more traditional versions of that. Totally. Do you like Gumby? Um, I never got Gumby. What have I been watching lately? You didn't answer. I the watched. Uh, I do. I liked Gumby back in the day. I'm not gonna lie. I do. Those blockheads. Um, <laughs> I watched Good Time. Uh, yeah. Which we talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Safety Brothers. Yes. I randomly, um, I watched Wreck-It Ralph, the original, and Good Time in the same day. Same uh, movie, basically. Yeah, basically. Uh, enjoyed it. Um, I think it's, I like the style over, it's mostly style over substance for me. And like, well, I, it's, it's a good kind of like, it all happens in yeah, one night. Like, I totally. like those kind of stories where like, you know, the Robert Pattinson character, and I think his performance is really, really good in the movie. I agree. He's so self-destructive, and everything that he touches or comes near, he just, he just destroys. Yeah. yeah. And he's a horrible person, but I love the scene where he's dying his hair, and the girl that he's staying at the house is like, why are you dying his hair? I'm just a weird guy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, but he's also very sleazy as well, and, and I thought his performance was great. Love the score. Um, I'm with you where I like that kind of, it takes place over 12 hours, essentially one all nighter. Yeah. And then, um, I, oh, and I like the that, how much he cares about his brother. Of the guy with the Sprite like, bottle. I thought um, it was really funny. Which. When he talks about like the, the Sprite bottle oh, being yeah. left at the, the, acid, the amusement park. He goes park. through the. Yeah, yeah. Like that felt like something that you would see in a Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah. Cause Scorsese totally. was an executive producer yeah. and he's also executive producing, uh, the Safdie brothers X movie, which is currently shooting in New York <laughs> starring Adam Sandler called uncut gems. Yeah. Adam Sandler replaced Jonah Hill in the lead role. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I, I, 
again, I'm not super familiar with their filmography, but um, I I enjoyed this. Like, I, I didn't. I had a good time watching it. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't good even mean time. to do that. Uh, you know me. Like, I love the style and the score in the movie and uh, even the opening titles. And, and um, I, I was really into it. And but... it is borderline like character wise, at least obnoxious where like you, you, you wonder how far these people are going to teeter on being like, you know, stereotypes or over the top, like with them screaming and yelling at each oh, other. God, yeah. And when Jennifer Jason trashy, Lee's but in the best way, yeah, kind yeah. of in like, it's controlled um, chaos. Yeah. And it's that, I don't know. It's what we talked about maybe even in um, – I hate to sound like, oh, I don't hang with these types of people and I never see this side of, of humanity. But like um, in Florida Project and things like that, just seeing Or this, even a Harmony Corinthian. Yes, the subsect that you don't really – Matt, you've been do, to Oshawa. Come on. Does it, I lived in Oshawa <laughs> for a very long time. Um, you, just you don't often see it in a way that, that treats it – I don't think they're making fun of these people or or saying that they're lesser than anyone else. It just shows you this this night that this guy had, and he really cares about his brother and and really wants to. Uh, uh, well, ultimately, him. he he cares about him, but you you do wonder he he's does, a very yeah. selfish person. No, totally. Well. He, ultimately, he does care, but as the events of the night unfold, that he's trying to help him out because he realizes he's the one who fucked his brother's life up, essentially. But, right. Um, I don't know. It was interesting. I, I I don't know if I loved it, but I was into it, and I, I enjoyed the the hour and a half or hour forty five that I spent with it. I think. Yeah, and I like the neon kind of yeah. look, and and, and again, I, mean. like, I love the look and the style and the music more so than I maybe love the story. Right, um, but I still enjoyed it, and it kind of would make an interesting double bill with like Spring Breakers or something like Agreed. that. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah, I'm glad you finally saw it, because that was a movie I was thinking, you know what, you'd probably at least get something yeah. out of it. No, and I definitely did, and I regret not seeing it in, in theaters, because I watched it kind of like, you know, half... I was watching, but I think I was... Um, you know when you're watching something on Netflix, it's just like, it's there, but you're not... Unless it's like nighttime and you shut everything off and you put your phone in another room, I feel like you know, I just don't give it the same attention that I do right. sitting in a theater. Yeah, and I, and I think it's it's funny like it's it's slowly. I mean, I, when I when I first saw it, I thought it would be a cult classic, but it's funny how you know strong that cult is becoming. Like you know, Pete oh, Davidson on, it, yeah. uh, on on Fallon was talking about it when Robert Pattinson was promoting something right. completely different a couple years. And later. he didn't even promote the thing he was in because I think yeah. he was promoting his Netflix movie that he was on. Yeah, uh, with um, uh, Zoe Deutsch and yeah, uh, set it up. Glenn Powell. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was good, man. Yeah, eight twenty four. It wasn't. Yeah, I didn't didn't even realize. Uh, all right, let's go into our Rocky in review, Eric. Yes. So we are. I thought you said Rocky. Rocky in review. Um, or is it Creed, Matt? Yes. Can we, you take me higher? We have uh, switched over to the Creed franchise. That is correct. Yes. So we reviewed Rocky Balboa and Rocky Five two weeks ago. Right. Um, we took a little bit of Master a break work last there, week. Rocky Five. Um, this works out perfectly because uh, Creed Two. Uh, comes out on Thanksgiving Day, which is this Wednesday, yes. um, if you're listening to this. So uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, Eric and I should be probably watching Creed 2, and then we'll have a review uh, of that for you soon. So uh, let's get into it. Eric, do you want to tell people what uh, Creed is Yeah, about? so Creed is the spinoff to the Rocky franchise focusing on a 
Adonis Creed, the illegitimate son of Apollo Creed, and how he is taken from a foster care system uh, and juvenile system to live with uh, Apollo's wife, who sort of takes him in and sort of takes care of him, but he wants to go his own way, even though he's in the shadow of his father. He seeks out Rocky Balboa in Philadelphia when he's older. He's played by Michael B. Jordan. Stallone comes back in the iconic role of Rocky. And I remember when this movie was first being released, I thought that Stallone would only really have like a cameo in the film. But it's it's it literally is as much a Rocky movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a transitional film because it's it's him turning into Mickey, Mm -hmm. but maybe not as 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 heightened as 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 Burgess Meredith. But seeing those two work together and train for something and sort of being able to let go of the past because Rocky feels guilt towards Apollo's demise because he didn't throw in the towel. And he doesn't want that for Adonis. Yeah, and Adonis or Donnie feels that, you know, like he he has these expectations being put on him to be the next Apollo when he wants to show you know, himself as an individual and as a fighter standing on his own two feet and show his own merit. So, you know, the fight that kind of comes out of it is... And, well, very... he wants to originally go by the name Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then that's also very important where, you know, he then finally embraces the name Creed and, and a fight comes up where um, he he ends up going to Europe. But it's not about the fight itself. It's about the these two coming together. And then sort of the subplot of it is that Rocky is diagnosed with cancer and he doesn't know if he really wants to fight it because he saw Adrian go through it yeah and and everybody that he's really loved or cared about is gone in his life now they do mention his son moving to Vancouver to Vancouver but other than that it's very much um him kind of wanting to say goodbye and you know Donnie is the one person that maybe can bring him back that that is that is keeping him going a little bit and so that emotional bond is so strong and in i the think movie. it's genius like not to say it's genius to give rocky cancer but like <laughs> i love that they're able to kind of make rocky the underdog again and have something to fight for in a very different way than all six previous rocky movies yeah. and I, and you you said it perfectly of that it's swapping those roles and and rocky becoming the trainer and and having a reason to kind of stay alive and and having something to fight even if it's not a physical boxing match but it's this cancer that he's he's been given and and it it that emotional weight and and you're waiting almost for rocky to pass away in this movie because that's just the formula that we're almost right. used to at this point where you're like okay Okay, You're waiting for a the, locker room scene where they're not going to get an ambulance yeah. to him in time. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like for Rocky, they wouldn't call an ambulance right away. But but there is that sequence where um, Adonis says, like, I'm not going to do this unless you fight. I'm not going to fight unless you fight. And and that emotional weight. And, and I remember seeing this for the first time with you at, at the Lightbox God, four years ago now. Yeah. Or three I remember or four it was like ago. it was yesterday though. And, like I remember that yeah, screening so with well. The like, box, those like mitts that they gave I still us. Still have and, it. Like uh, and uh, Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan were there. That was a really cool night um, and a great theater to see. And that Tessa movie. Thompson too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone was there, right? Yeah. It was um, those three. Yeah. 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 No storm. Um, yeah. Sorry. And back to my point of just like I love that 
it's still very much a rocky story with him battling this cancer and um and again yeah i remember just going oh god they're gonna kill off rocky like i just i know it just that to be the the motivation that that uh, adonis is going to have in this in, in this film but i'm so glad that they didn't and it almost works even better in the way that um they struggle together to kind of um, Adonis to prove his his own worth and his own make it his own way, but then also Rocky having this kind of being the underdog and fighting this thing that you don't think he's going to win, and he ends up well. I mean, what we think is beating it by the end, but right. And he, I mean, spoilers. He's in the trailers for the next movie, but we don't know how where he is, yeah. you know, health wise. Yeah. Um. Also, what I think is 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 great is that. Um, Tessa Thompson's character who is losing her hearing and wants to make the most of the time that she has left to create music and write music and do her own thing and not have to worry about you know Donnie's ego and says you know right at the front of this like if we're going to 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 date because they 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 have a mutual attraction to one another it, you know it has to be you have to respect me and and my work and you can't come in here you know with your fists and punch people if you know somebody says something that offends you and and i think that that also grounds both of those characters really well and sort of is a really nice relationship that reminds you of rocky and adrian in a lot of ways as well it is very much a a mirror movie to the first rocky movie but it definitely isn't just a retread of what we've seen before and there's enough um interesting filmmaking yeah maurice alberti who's the cinematographer deserves so much credit on this she like those those single Single takes takes are incredible i mean the one from from the the locker room to the actual arena in uh oh right yes i mean that's amazing in the last fight yes yes. that's like when you see it kind of like spinning around them when they're gonna getting ready to go out but also the the first kind of big uh, match that he has is in, kind in of, Mexico too yeah, is it's, like it's is phenomenal. one single take and it's crazy. I remember my mind being blown when we were watching that the first time, just going, "Holy shit!" Do you realize that like that whole thing was a single take and and um, it it happens multiple times throughout the movie and it doesn't feel gimmicky because it's still and I feel like it brings a um, some authenticity to it and some realness and some grittiness to it when you're it's right there with It's very visceral. Them, like, yeah. you feel, like you feel like you're in the moment as much as the character is getting psyched to have this competition, this fight, and sort of building in, in, in into their sort of sensory. Um, again, like Ryan Coogler is, what, he's only in his early 30s yeah he's uh, i think a year older than you maybe or or a couple years i think he's 32 33 he's already mastered some of the best uh commercial filmmaking and sort of interjected an artistic edge to it that you don't see until you're in your 40s or 50s i mean the guy just is a phenomenally you know completely lucid filmmaker and knows what he wants and but also knows how to deliver for a mass audience yes. and deliver a product that's part of a franchise yeah. too right but it also stands on its own yeah which is totally amazing both because, creed and black yeah. panther can be seen as individual films as like nevis um bringing up nevis again she watched we talked about it last week that she hadn't seen any of the rocky movies and she watched creed with me and she absolutely loved it right being a newcomer to the franchise and right everything too. and again yeah you don't have to but then when you watch you know um this and i'm sure creed 2 more so compared to rocky 4 and see how completely polar opposite they are in terms of tone 
but at the same time, you appreciate where the franchise was at that point to where it is now and bringing it back. And it's world building and yeah, to and the grounded sort of reality of the first. Yeah, this build. is this is this is back to, you know, the the fighter going the distance and proving his individual worth. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie does an excellent job at that and really builds Adonis as a, a guy you want to cheer for. And, and even from those opening moments of him in, in juvie uh, to his shitty desk job to the fight in Mexico, all the way to uh, getting a little bit of fame and moving to, or well, moving to Philly and getting a little bit of uh, notoriety through people finding out who he is. And, um, I also love, which is something that carried over from Rocky Balboa, of just the authenticity of having HBO involved in the actual boxing production. And I thought that, um, again, those first four or five Rocky movies, four, because there's not really an actual fight in the fifth one, <laughs> uh, other than in <laughs> the streets. Who you ask. <laughs> um, I, I and I'm sure that's how boxing was in the 70s and 80s, but um, bringing in some of that technical stuff and I, I i love that and i don't think it's like cheap product placement or anything like that i just think it it gives this level of of um, authenticity and realness that I, I i love in some movies where they're not using a generic channel they're actually using hbo box yeah and it it's not hbc like a, or something yeah like and it that. feels like a real pay-per-view and it feels like a fight that millions of people are watching around the world right, right. and then but you're you have that not even front row seat like you're in the ring with them and and i think the choreography is 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 something we haven't touched on either in those in those in those fights is unbelievable especially in those single take ones having to learn all that and make sure it looked real and authentic and and i keep using authentic but but it is um, again and it's also authentic and grounded are the two words that i kept thinking of oh sorry (laughs) as my mic falls over um Grounded and authentic are the two words that I continually thought of as as you're watching the movie. Yeah. Um, but also, like in terms of choreography, watching the moves that um, Donnie sort of mimics his father. Like, there's that one shot where he's looking at the projector of the YouTube oh, image yeah, of his yeah. dad. Even that, I love that. It's where amazing, it, and it feels. Like he's actually sitting down there reminiscing about his father and, and dreaming about Because he never got to stuff. meet him. Yeah. He never. He never got to. And you can only imagine what that fight was in that in that universe, right? And right. that that would be everywhere, and everyone knows about it. And and I still love going back to Philly, and I think this does a way better job that than Rocky Five did, and that even Rocky Balboa does, even of going back to some of the places that we recognize from um, the first uh, Rocky movie and man it is just so fucking good That's it's great right. like it's so rewatchable yeah. too like it's an easy movie to just throw on and just sort of dive back into the world again like it's and i'm not afraid to say this i think it's a masterpiece yeah i, I think agree. it's i think it's a five star um quintessential boxing movie it's a character study it's an emotional uh heart story tugging kind of film as yeah. well like you really care about where these characters go and you know what the comedy can be a little bit you know like some of the dad humor when they talk about like the cloud and stuff like that and Rocky right yeah this. i think it works because of who the character is right. but i even like the affectionate kind of but then when it's he a calls father son unk, yeah because like, like the, the, it's a, it is a father-son surrogate kind of yeah. thing and and that is also important because rocky is getting to 
sort of maybe make amends or, or, or get to be a father to Donnie the way that he maybe wasn't with his own son. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important to also consider as well. And that final match in the ring, I, I talked about it um, previously, is very emotional when, you know, Donnie starts doubting himself and, and Rocky just looks at him and says, you know, like, don't, don't you dare don't, do that. Yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, man, it's I'm a thousand percent with you. I think it was one of my favorite films of that year. I think it's a travesty that it only had the best supporting actor win for nomination. Uh, nomination. Mark sorry. Rylance won oh, for right. Bridge of Spies. Um, you know I liked Mark, Mark Rylance in that movie, but I think Stallone probably should have won that. And I think Michael B. Jordan should have been nominated. I think um, directing, Ryan cinematography, Kugler, yep, cinematography, the the script. I think that that script could get easily overlooked is just like oh it's right. another rocky movie but it's so well constructed and you can tell that you know ryan coogler is a fan of the rocky movies and yeah. he respects it but he's also not behold to that series where again he can take i said it, make it's, it its own thing. exactly he's not interested in just making a retread and then yeah. the same again i go back to black panther and he wasn't just interested in making another marvel movie right like there's something more to Black Panther, and I, it feels weird that that was this year. Right. <laughs> like, well, back in February, because um, now it's yeah. coming back around with awards season. And I actually really do hope that Michael B. Jordan um, somehow makes his way yeah, to I would the love awards that. conversation for supporting actor. Because there has been talk that it, it, it has a very likely shot of maybe getting a Best Picture nomination. And if it does, it will be the first superhero film to be nominated for Best Picture. And I'm hopeful that, you know, more people will take the film seriously because, you know, Ryan Coogler injects artistic merit and commercial accessibility into the film. Now, leading in... So I think we're both on the same page. Five out of five masterpiece. It's, it Creed yeah. is amazing. I, I like it even more than the first Rocky film. Uh, you said you were they're close, but they're you close. Still... I, I think that like I I I think they're interchangeable. Like yeah. I think it just depends on the day of the week of what you want to yeah, watch. Right? But both of those movies to me are excellent, and they're one and two, mm-hmm. no doubt, and they're just great movies. Like they would be both very high on my list of those years that they were released. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, what are your expectations for Creed Two? And and Michael B. Jordan is only producing because he was busy with Black Panther. You mean Ryan um, Coogler? Yeah, that's what I said, didn't I? No, you said Michael B. Jordan. No, I said Ryan Coogler. I think. No, you said Michael I will B. go. Jordan. I will go back. We have to go back to this. And, and but find yes, it. Ryan Anyways, Coogler Ryan is Coogler, producing yes. because he was doing Black Panther, and, and also Steven now it was an, it was Capel uh, Jr. Capelin Jr. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is directing? Um, I'm just hoping that we'll get another solid Rocky Creed movie and that it's character based, that it's not plot driven. Because I am curious about the Drago stuff. Like, that is, it makes sense to go there next. Right. Especially yeah. after kind of the success that Donnie has had with this match. It feels like it's going to sort of draw attention to a lot of people. And it would make sense that Drago is the one to kind of come out of the woodwork with his son. Um, but again, I just hope that considering they where kill we are him off now, just like his dad. 
No, no. What I'm what I'm hoping for Rocky is that just it's, straight up gets murdered. It's or not as cartoonish. Yeah. Because I like Rocky Four a lot, but Rocky Four is of its time. It's a product right. of its time. Where if you look at Creed Two, like I just hope that it doesn't go into the whole that it keeps the tone red of the first scare movie. Russian yeah. thing again. Because I mean, it could be no, a I commentary, think, but yeah, I don't know if they'll go that territory. It'll be very much more so about the yeah. personal. Like, will they go to like a cabin in the woods and yeah. B. Jordan will grow this amazing beard? And I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very curious. I um, I'm very excited for it. And um, Michael our, Beard Beard Jordan. Michael Beard Jordan. Uh, <laughs> our review will be up for Creed two very very soon. So uh, make sure you guys uh, check that out. Um, my other question for you on Ryan Coogler. Um, he might like he, a bunch of projects have been announced. Do you think he's going to squeeze something in before? ultimately black Black panther Panther 2 yeah i mean i i think he can i mean it's really up to him what he wants to do especially after considering when this year ends and the beginning of he can probably do anything he wants well i I think there was a film that he was working on with michael b jordan about um some sort of school scandal about right 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 right, yeah was it just was just mercy i think was the name. yeah i'll try and look it up um but yeah i i could see him doing that in the way that like uh, Ryan Johnson right now is saddling up to shoot uh, Knives Out before going into Star Wars again, which right, that he's, cast just keeps getting more and more. Well, ridiculous. yeah, it seemed like he he probably took a break from writing Star Wars or prepping his new Star Wars trilogy and just cranked out Knives Out. And yeah, was like, or maybe know. he had the idea kicking around for a while, right, but notes, he just, and he just didn't put it together. Yeah, yet, or maybe he had the script done, but yeah, because he seems like one of those guys that could you know quote unquote multitask, even though I don't believe multitasking is is a real thing i think people yeah. can have you know a planned idea of what they want to do and in, in, in sort of working on multiple things but i think multitasking really is just an excuse for saying well like i'm just procrastinating oh i'm the ultimate procrastinator so yeah. i know which is something well. i don't think there's anything wrong with that either because i think procrastinating procrastinating is very natural but i do my best work at the 11th hour <laughs> right well it's because there's a pressure yeah. added to it so you're 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 stressed but you're thinking more of right. like okay i have to sort of break this i down don't want to let someone down so i want to get this on time yeah. so i'm actually need to do this which means i'm actually thinking about it right uh yeah or I'm, sometimes you can overthink it the way that uh, right. uh, you heard me do a voiceover recording of uh, fantastic beasts right so. just under the wire i yeah. had to end up producing it yeah which i really appreciated <laughs> no, because no. that took away some of the tension there. yeah exactly instead of just someone staring at you while you do it if they're an active participant then yeah. it's a little easier uh it's the atlanta public school cheating scandal he yeah. Yes. gonna make a and it is called just mercy? called wrong answer wrong answer what's just yeah. mercy then? not sure um but it seems like yeah he's he's going to come up oh and he's also producing the space jam uh, right sequel too right so he's keeping busy so yeah. um i'm excited to see what comes next for everyone involved yeah and, i mean the only thing is i just hope that ryan kubu gets to go and make what he wants to make or or, or you know finds because I'm sure he has a couple passion projects that he would love to get made. Well, he must that... like Space Jam if he's producing that with right. LeBron. Like, I don't feel like that's something he was forced into. No, like, he no, would no. actually have to want to do that. And, and I know that's at Warner Brothers, who also made Creed. Right. Um, but what I mean is, like, with, with both Creed and Black Panther being these huge box office successes... I just hope that now, like, if he wants to go and do, do something some sort smaller, of small, which indie is like movie, that Atlanta, it, that seems yeah, like yeah, on a and if they, that he wants to go and make that like 
whatever studio gives him the money and time to go and do that because the guy has more than proven himself uh, worthy of the title of a great filmmaker. 100% agree. Um, so Creed is also now available on uh, Blu-ray, 4K, uh, and streaming. It is, and great segue, Eric. What are you staying at home to watch this week? Well, I am staying at home to watch Bernard Rose's Candyman. Sick. I actually re-watched it um, in October for shocktober or horrortober or whatever version of halloween movie watching or yeah. horror movie genre watching but there's a new release it. coming out this there week? is this is the so this is the first time ever this movie has been released on blu-ray so what you watching on vhs uh, no there there is a i actually streamed it okay there's, well there's a i didn't stream it i rented it on itunes because right. there's a 4k so there's version a, right or scan yeah. available on itunes but it, it never the first time it's coming out on blue yeah on and physical. so also in europe they're releasing it through uh through arrow and so it has a ton of special features new interviews with tony todd and virginia madsen and i think that it's being i believe it's being remade um yeah that was recently announced i think jordan peele actually has something to do with right. it as well as an executive producer or something like that but it is an interesting series because the sequel farewell to the flesh um, was written by Bill Condon, who went on to direct Beauty and the Beast and uh, Monsters and Men and and, and uh, Gods and Men and, and and things like that. So um, and Dreamgirls. So it's it's an interesting uh, stepping stone. But in terms of a film that sort of deals with race and gentrification um, in the Chicago area, and I remember as a kid being afraid of the movie because of the kind of uh, mythical quality that like a Bloody Mary kind of thing has like if you look in the mirror and say the person's name five times they'll come out of nowhere and kill you and that was this urban legend that was created in the Candyman universe and it was actually a really clever and simple conceit that works in the story and there's more of a social commentary watching it when you're older and it's not just simply a slasher flick it is hella violent though yeah like it is gory like i forgot how brutal at times it is um tony todd for me is one of those guys who's become a bit of a parody of himself especially with the final destination movies he was the uh, uh the mortician um, right that would, so would always give them like the who, i mean he was basically i guess like the personification of death in a human form that would give them like these their last rites or talk about this right. the philosophize about, about death yeah. yeah and 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 he kind of became a joke after a while like the way that you know like robert england did with um you know the nightmare on elm street series or or any of the actors who played jason or anybody who's played or brad dwarf as, as chucky and same thing happened with tony todd but that first movie again is so powerful and more meaningful than just you know a throwaway slasher film so if you haven't seen the film and you're looking for something then you should watch it because i think you i think you would actually really like Mm -hmm. the movie and again it's a really dark disturbing indie film that dealt with racial tension and and segregation and gentrification at a time that you know people were kind of still afraid to talk about in sort of a more liberal context um so yeah definitely check out uh Candyman through Scream Factory. It is one of um, the more underrated films of the 90s in terms of a genre film. Cool. And also you mentioned uh, Holy Motors. Is yes, getting a... uh, Leo Carax's Holy Motors is getting... it. Now, it had already been released on Blu-ray, um, but it's getting released also through uh, Shout Factory as a collector's edition. Uh, it was one of my favorite films of the year it was released. I think it was 2012. I cannot believe um, it's that long. But... It, 
partly because of uh, Denny Levant's multiple performances and characters, um, and just how strange it is. And it's also this collection of uh, Carax's whole career sort of um, distilled into this one movie, and you never know where it's going. I mean, at one point it's a horror film, at one point it's a comedy, another point it's a it's a musical with Kylie Minogue and, and yeah. a duet. And and again, like there's this uh, an it's amazing so accordion scene. <laughs> Um, it's so weird. It, it is. It's so weird. It's so wonderful. You'll you'll never look at a big red uh, piece of gum the same way again. Uh, and and again, it's just an eclectic piece of filmmaking. And it just makes me sad that um, Leo Carex hasn't done anything since. And I know he, he's a guy that takes his time, but he was supposed to do a film called The Net, which was about a stand-up comedian uh, mourning the loss of his wife. And that was supposed to originally star uh, Michelle Williams and um, Adam Driver. So check that out as well. Yes. Cool. I don't have any suggestions this week because I never know what I'm digitally getting until... Um, the one thing I will suggest, if you are a digital purchaser like myself, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is on um, digital release on Tuesday. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, which is amazing. Probably my favorite film of the year. So if you want to pick that up... Um, Greatest it's mustache in, in, in 2018. Oh, 100%. Um, it's in Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos on iTunes. The only thing I will say be wary of if you buy the digital version is a lot of times uh, quality and uh, the HDR and the sound is always great, but um, a lot of the times they don't give you the same um, features or uh, versions that you get on discs. So a lot of the stuff with IMAX footage or switching aspect ratios, Apple prefers that you just have a consistent aspect ratio so for things like dunkirk and a lot of the nolan stuff that came out on 4k that had the imax footage um they're still in 4k on itunes but they're usually just in the straight 239 aspect ratio um instead of giving you that imax footage um which is usually only available on disc now i don't know with mission impossible fallout um i believe christopher mccrory confirmed that it is having the switching aspect ratios like you got in theaters uh for the imax version um but i'm not sure if that'll be available on itunes so i'm personally going to hold out until i find out right um before making that decision whether or not you buy the the, physical copy or just because for me it's like i regret buying dunkirk on itunes because it's in 4k but it's not the imax version so it's just it, it's it still looks great, but it's the IMAX version is only available on disc. Same with Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, right. and um, which I have because yeah. I bought the Christopher. I know, I, I and why physical media still is relevant. Yeah, I know, but you're you're going to be on the wrong side of history sooner rather than later. Nope. So nope, nope. You, I mean, you are. I know you will, but you will die. <laughs> so how dare you, sir? I, no, I mean, I feel like it'll just become very niche, and you'll have to um like we we've talked about it. It'll be like vinyl or certain things right. will um live on, but mostly everything will be on a fucking stream. I will take my, my copy of Warm Bodies on 4K and and charge up that hill. No. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's move on to talking trailers, my friend. Um, where I think we can segue both into the event we went this morning as well as uh, a lot of the trailers that premiered since um, God, since Nevis and I recorded the last episode, which we just missed out on a couple ones. <laughs> um, 
So let's start with um, let's start with the Disney event we went to this morning, and a few of those things are, are new that we can talk about as well. Yes, as so, you're wearing a Disney shirt, right I do. Now. I wore my Mickey Mouse shirt because you're we going as well to has, has, has has Mickey, Mickey Mouse yeah. on it. I took it off, but I went. I was like, oh, I I I do love Disney. I I, I mean, again, I you're praying to your overlords. I mean, they're gonna own us eventually. Might as well just give in, everyone. Right. Um, but my favorite, one of my favorite events of the year that we always go to is this Disney holiday breakfast slash uh, preview event with a screening that we usually yeah. uh, go to. And it's so, usually an animated film. Yeah, like we saw Frozen one year. We saw Coco last year. Um, Did we see Moana? Was Moana, uh, Moana yeah. I believe. Um, every year it's whatever their animated movie that's coming out in the winter. <laughs> around American Thanksgiving. Yeah. So this year we saw Ralph Breaks the Internet. I'll plug that review again. Please go listen. Um, and then there's always this presentation beforehand where we are shown uh, kind of a, a preview of what's coming in the next year. And sometimes it's uh, trailers. Sometimes it's footage from these movies that headshots. Hasn't been released yet. Sometimes it's a lot of the times of actors. it was a PowerPoint presentation with headshots at one point. Um, this year was a little different and a little weird. It was a little um, underwhelming. It was. So to be straight up is, um, the event this year, they even apologized kind of before the presentation even started by saying they're in a transitional phase, right? It's, it's, it's it, been a weird year for them where they didn't share much at Comic-Con or they didn't have a D23 event. They did show some things at CinemaCon, which I guess they felt like should just stay at for CinemaCon audiences. We still, what happens at CinemaCon we stays did, at CinemaCon. I thought we might've seen, they showed Aladdin footage there. They or the showed Lion King, Lion King uh, footage. Yeah. Which has sequence. been around for the last, two years that they've had like that uh, proof of concept for that movie and sometimes we see that kind of stuff and even last year we saw a scene from Wreck-It Ralph that was unfinished we saw the Disney princess scene yeah that we were originally embargoed um, on that and yeah. then we also saw a scene from Black Panther yeah we saw some Black Panther stuff and and um, sometimes we get some really great great things and I'm not complaining and I'm not saying that they owe us anything but this year was different and that's why I wanted to include it in the talk and trailer segment well it just felt it, like, it, it, like it they ch- didn't need to have all that they could have just it just could have been a press screening and a breakfast right you know and they could have just maybe it felt like they were like, only oh, doing it because they do it every year and yeah. they didn't want to not do it yeah. and i'm not complaining because that means we also got to see wreck it ralph at tiff bell lightbox and disney doesn't usually screen their stuff there other than this event so that's a bonus but yeah, then and it was in 2d uh and yeah which is also a double bonus and then before they just showed us basically trailers for their 2019 films which I mean, if you're working in the industry and you're a member of the press, I would hope you had already seen all these. Like, right. um, which or unless maybe... you, unless you, because there are there are film critics that like to go in completely. Right, that's true. Fair uh, enough. Clean and, and where not if you're reviewing a movie, any, I can yeah. understand why you would avoid trailers. Yeah, or, or um, an event like this. Yeah, because you want to you want to wait until you see the movie so you don't. So have yeah, I take that back. The, you make the, a, you make a good point. Yeah, but, the clips out of context or the scenes out of context. So maybe a lot of people hadn't seen it. But, but if you're somebody that sort of does the news and and trailer write ups, then yes, I would have hoped that you would have seen all of these. Because things. what they showed us was um, the Aladdin trailer. They showed Captain us Captain Marvel. Marvel. They showed us both Toy Story trailers that were released this week. They showed us the new Dumbo trailer that premiered at the Country Music Awards or something, wasn't it, right. last night or something. Um, uh, they showed us – am I missing anything? Uh, uh, but they were all – my point being they were all trailers that we'd 
had already yeah, premiered they're, online. They're, you can watch them now online. Like, they're available to the public. You can see them anytime. So, it was cool seeing them at Lightbox. Again, my favorite theater on the planet, yeah, probably. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, um, we'll get into that in a second. But um, an interesting event. We saw one thing we are not allowed to talk about yet. Um, but even... I'll just bite my tongue there. But, like, it... it we're embargoed on one thing which we'll be able to talk about in mid-december right um but it's something i wouldn't necessarily like anticipate in the sense that right. like it's it's not a big reveal it's just a reveal for a film that is coming very soon soon and that's all <laughs> we can really probably say um so anyways that was the event we went to this morning i wanted to talk about it more but there's not really much more to talk it was about. pretty sparse overall um, it was quick they did their trailer thing. They even said, even their timeline. Like I, I always love to see what that they was, have yeah. in the future. Their 2019 looks crazy. Oh, they're going to be me printing wrong. money throughout the entire year. Um, but I always like to see like what's in the future, like in terms of like 2020 and, and 2021. But see, and this is and, the and thing we where got a lot of like Marvel untitled. Yeah, and Pixar untitled. I feel like they're being. They are in a transitional phase, so I'm sure they're still trying to figure out their 2020 lineup because they're going to have to include everything that Fox is developing well, right also, now and for also 2020. D- uh, Disney and, Plus because they have yeah, to consider... Like, which they didn't talk about at all, no, which I thought nothing. was weird. Yeah. Like, I get that we're the theatrical kind of press that they're showing this stuff to, but... But it's also maybe early days still, so... But you'd think they'd mention it was right. coming and here's the stuff... Like, they just announced a lot of it, yeah. right? Well, so, at least they're theatrical movies because, like, you look at something like Lady and the Tramp, which I think is probably going to be one of their first uh, Disney Plus uh, streaming releases, and yeah. you think that because that, that is a that's going to be a feature that that would be something they would maybe talk about, but maybe it's still too early for them to really detail anything. Right, and but even that's because it's not going theatrical and it's going straight to the streaming service. That's like where does that fall? Is there going to be a separate? We're getting to inside baseball here of like right. who's going to handle is it? Is the... it going to be something that actually screens for press, or is it going to be something, something that separate? You can, it's like a you TV. can log on yeah. uh, their their main database or their website and and watch it through through that way as a screener. Yeah. But they didn't talk about anything there, and they showed us a lot of. And I'm not trying to sound ungrateful because we still got to see a, a great. It's just that every and... year we, when we go to these, things, I wanted it's, to have it's, more it's the to highlight talk of about our year, right? right? Yeah. Like it's it's always a lot of fun, and it's always exciting to be a part of this yeah, and, like, and, like the black panther stuff blew our socks off yeah year, yeah and then the movie luckily also happened to be great yeah so you know it, it was really Even the wreck it ralph stuff made me excited for wreck it ralph too yeah. because we saw that whole princess sequence although i kind of wish we didn't because because that it would have been better so yeah good. it's the best moment of uh, the best sequence in the I entire wish they film. would keep it out of all of the marketing but yeah. you know that they'll use that in yeah and in they know people the are going to want to talk about that in their reviews and and if you're going to hook people that maybe didn't like the first one or were on the fence towards going to see it and have younger kids that are sort of watching the original Disney movies, then that is also a, a, a good sort of strategy for, for marketing and bringing people in to go and see it. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the trailers then that we did see. And the new ones that we saw at this event were Toy Story 4 and Dumbo. Yeah. So Toy Story 4 dropped right after we recorded last week, so we missed out on that. Um, so... Um, what what are your thoughts? I know you have on some Dumbo? strong feelings. No, on on Toy Story. On Toy first. Story, or do you want to go Dumbo first? No, let's do Toy Story. Um, you have some Forky thoughts. I, I, <laughs> I we'll get to Forky in a second. I want to say that I did like the Jordan Peele and uh, Michael. Uh, uh, well, Keegan Michael. Okay, Key. yeah. Sorry, you're sorry. gonna go Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Michael B. No, 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 no. Um, 
that I liked. The key because, and peel. Because you can tell that they're letting them riff a little oh, bit. Oh, they were just doing a key and peel. Skit, I mean, it's basically almost. like almost the Liam Neeson valet sequence, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, which I really enjoyed. And I think that that actually is good. The forky thing I have issues with. And the reason is mostly because I'm now overthinking this. I and think I you don't, are. But, but the thing is... You're not supposed to overthink it initially because it's just, oh, well, toys come to life. They're this childhood but I think... wonder. But it's not a toy. It's a sport. He says that, though. Y- yes. I think it's going to be part of the plot. Everything you're talking about right now is going to be it, what this movie is about. But then it makes you question, like, well, what what has the capability of coming to life but and then what doesn't? But then I think they're going to – you know it's Pixar and you know they're going to talk about all of this okay, stuff Okay, because originally movie. the idea – I don't think that that's the idea anymore. With everything that happened in – because the original version of yeah. of Toy Story four Sorry, to give was context, was, was yeah. going to be a romantic comedy that was going to be kind of like them setting Woody on a date or something like no, that. No, trying to find Bo Peep because she she went to another family. Oh, okay. So Bo Peep, who wasn't in Toy Story three, yes. and you didn't know what happened to her. They just kind um, of briefly are sad that she's gone. That she's and, gone. Yeah. So I think this was going to be reuniting Woody and Bo Peep together, and it was going to be a romantic comedy of. In that sense. And Rashida um, Jones was a, a co-writer on it. Yeah. I And it seemed like they scrapped that because there was a bunch of changes midway through production where they did rewrites and everything like that. Which and, happens. I mean, that and, happens oh, in God. any production. And especially at Pixar. If yeah. they're not happy with something, they'll just, much like Lucasfilm or much like any Disney property that's not up to those Disney standards, although we, we have things like fucking Nutcracker come out that's just or, or things like that where you're like... How is your quality standard? Right. Although I feel that, with but... Nutcracker, like that, that is not a good movie. But I think, you know, considering the situation that they salvaged it as best they can. And I mean, Disney's always good at that kind of stuff. Right. But... Well, look at Good Dinosaur, right? Or, or yeah. Brave even as well. Like Which in terms of completely a film that did... had to completely be rehauled in the production I mean, process. even Toy Story 2 yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. And, and, I mean, they've had that happen countless times throughout their history. And they've always uh, done a good job surprisingly for the most part again i'm not the huge right. biggest brave fan or 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 even good dinosaurs forgettable but like um with this it seems like now they're going that existential crisis route kind of thing of what is a toy and 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 um and i don't know it's interesting it's he looked a, to it me is, he just weirdly reminds me of mr bill from snl i don't know if you ever mr bill yeah or some people were saying the ihop or not IHOP. Uh, no, no, the Nickelodeon no. Um, popsicle stick. Well, there's that too, but there's also a uh, fast food mascot that he looks oh, like. Oh, um, IHOP? No, no, um, no, 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 no. Uh, not was Carl's it Stouffer's? Ju- like the glove, no, the glove no, guy? That you're on, we're on a. Di- we, I know what you're talking about, but no. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, it's very much a teaser, though. Like it's. A, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, who, I who the fuck knows what this movie's about? It could not be about this at all and maybe he's just a new character but like i could see it being about like yeah i don't know um what makes a toy and right but the judy collins song that was hereditary's in that trailer and it's like oh is there gonna be like some like horrible like supernatural yeah. uh, family tragedy <laughs> in the background. You know, they weren't even thinking about that and someone brought it up to them after the fact and they were like, oh shit, it was in that movie, wasn't it? Right. Well, they um, probably should have been thinking about it. Yeah, that. I know, but um, I don't know. And then the, if I, I was A24, I'd be really pissed. That's... And then I'm with you on the Key and Peel thing, which I thought was really good and it is just them like 
improvising about the trailer essentially and about toy story in general yeah and, and it's just introducing of what those two characters two will be and like, yeah um so i was into that i'm glad to see them join um join the cast and i think they'll bring I mean, you can't um, go wrong with them like oh, even God, when like yeah. they're in fargo <laughs> together right. like, it's so good it is uh it, it uh, yeah it's a they're a perfect combo Just looking and, outside and... the window right now it's snowing holy shit it is <laughs> our first like actual real snowfall wow it is like legit yeah we're supposed to get like god they were so canadian getting 10 centimeters of snow um tonight but it is a uh, it's starting to feel like christmas i have my christmas tree on and we're sure talking, does guys we're talking toy story um but no glad i mean i i hope michael keaton's back as ken oh he's was, so good he's so good the um, only thing is the only thing i i mean i'm really critical at this point because we don't know what the story is and and how forky really fits into everything but um i thought that that trilogy was perfect yeah and I'm, i know they've done shorts since then but but those aren't real <laughs> <laughs> no it's but you can you can leave them as they are but this is this is a continuation of the film franchise when it probably didn't need to yeah and i mean if if the story's good enough to tell then i'm fine with that but yeah it just felt like they went out on such a high note that it's like how do you top that yeah i'm with you and um i mean i have all the faith in the world with pixar and and i think they wouldn't make it unless they think they well not well, at least that, with these characters, yeah. because they are the, the 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 flagship kind of brand name characters, and people care about them. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like you, the part of the reason why you go to these movies now is because you want to hang out with the characters of Buzz and Woody and Ham and Slinky and Rex and and Mister and Mrs. Potato Head, like they Barbie become, and Ken. Yeah, yeah, they become iconic uh, household names in their own way. You know. Yep, I'm curious to see where it'll end up netting out and i love toy story so i'm with you that it was a perfect ending and that it probably should have just stayed there but we'll see uh quickly we're gonna run long as we always do dumbo thoughts on dumbo newest trailer came out Dumbo, Uh, i don't have expanded on it a little bit Um, really to say other than from that trailer you know that it's going to be two times longer than what the original version was which is what like 63 minutes or something like that gonna pad Um, it it was interesting though like in terms of the introduction of um the the trailer they they called tim burton our filmmaker or our our visionary director and i was like Oh, that's weird. Like Tim Burton now has just become a Disney. Disney. Really? I well, I mean, that. he started to work. He started as an animator at Disney. Sure. Um, but it just felt weird. It's like you know, the guy has now basically become synonymous with watered down um, Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland, and, yeah. Disney movies that feel like his. Like watching that trailer, there's not really a whole lot other than the casting of. Uh, Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito, which I was and, telling you, uh, Emma I, Green, that you would say like, "Oh, that's Tim Burton." Yeah, for me, I didn't even clue in that it was a Batman Returns reunion until like this morning. <laughs> I hope he's wearing. I hope Danny DeVito's wearing that dirty onesies. Yeah. Um, the thing I did like in the trailer though is, I mean, Michael Keaton's a boss, and he's always great His to hair. see. But that wig that he yeah. is wearing, I mean, he is he's wearing that thing with confidence. So I'm I'm in it for Keaton. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily excited for it. None of these trailers have really done all that much for me comparatively to 
Aladdin, even with the Guy Ritchie thing, and and right. But we haven't even Lion seen that King much with and, Aladdin. Even yeah, I know. I don't know enough about it, or I haven't seen enough from it to even make a, a judgment on if I want to see it. I mean, obviously, I'll see all of these, but. Uh, yeah, Dumbo doesn't really do all that much for me. He looks cute. Dumbo looks cute. Uh, I'm sure. I'm not a huge Burton, like recent Burton fan. Like no, just... the last ten, fifteen years of yeah. Burton have felt like again very watered down. Um, they don't feel like they have really much of his signature, even in the stuff that he hasn't done with Disney. I mean, you look at um, you know, like Dark Shadows. Even yeah. like it just feels like again, you know, the macabre or or kind of. Um, strange 1960s vibe that we know him for, or the comedy even, is is just not there anymore. And and I don't know where that changed for him. Maybe it was after Sleepy Hollow. I, I don't know. But it just, it doesn't feel like you're getting a Tim Burton movie. You're just kind of getting a generic, whatever the topic or theme of the film is. Whether it be Big Eyes or... Again, you know, Dark Shadows or, or anything in between. I, I kind of like Sweeney Todd, but... Same. But other than that... I think that, that might be the last thing that I... Yeah, which was 2007, so... Right, so almost a decade, right? Yeah, like, or, or more, more than, than a decade, decade yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was yeah. 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, I think that's the last thing I actually enjoyed. Though. Yeah, which, again, that made sense for him to do as, as you know, a, a Tim Burton uh, adaptation. Um but yeah, nothing else more recently has, or you know, Miss Pettigrew or, or Peregrine, like that movie, just kind of felt like oh god, yeah, it it just had like a one note, like oh, what happens if Tim Burton tried to make an X Men movie? Well, that's kind of it'll what you be get. very generic, and yeah. not so good. And I feel the same way about Danny Elfman too. Like Danny Elfman's scores don't really feel like Danny Elfman scores anymore. Like they just kind of feel like a generic, you know, copy and paste auto-tune garage band kind of thing like there's there's something missing so i mean i i would love to see tim burton go back to maybe doing like a beetlejuice or something like that or even we keep talking about this outside of the podcast like him to do one more batman movie, a batman beyond movie a batman be beyond film or not even batman beyond but just but almost Dark like Returns. logan yeah you Dark know Knight but with michael keaton yeah wearing that wig um would be would be amazing i think that would be something people would be really excited about and especially now i think they could do it because with all these alternative dc universe films that warner brothers right. commissioned it's like well why not this is in the burton verse where it yeah. doesn't have to yeah burton verse hey i don't know man you could bring back jack nicholson the Cummings universe yeah I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would love to see. I, I think it, uh, a Burton Batman Beyond would be really kind of cool, like seeing his futuristic version of that universe that he created um, with Keaton in the kind of Rocky role in Creed or whatever. And yeah, like, and you yeah. could you could see like the wear and tear that's kind of taken its toll on the character. And, and I think that would actually work better than what they were trying to go for um, uh, Ben Affleck. Because Keaton actually is a man of a certain He's lived age. a role. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like, he's... Michael Keaton now has such an amazing character on of his face. Like, he, he feels like he's lived a life. Mm -hmm. and, and that, I think, could really work for the character. Agreed. God, I just want this movie to happen, Matt. <laughs> okay, and then um, I want to save the best for last. Um, so, before we get into um, something, I want to talk quickly about the Fighting With My Family trailer. Yes. Um... Which, for those of you that don't know, it's a um, 
I forget the Rock's production company, Thousand Bucks or something. Or, right. Uh, anyways, The Rock produced a movie with WWE Films about Paige. Yeah. Uh, no, this isn't just a WWE movie. Also, this is this is MGM. Seven bucks. Yeah, MGM. Speaking of the Rocky franchise, it's distributing the the movie directed by Stephen Merchant. Yeah, it's directed and written by Stephen Merchant, starring um, uh, Florence Pugh. Pugh, Nick Frost, uh, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Lena Headey. <laughs> um, Lena Headey. Uh, the Rock is in the film. It yeah. looks like what is a little bit more than a cameo role because right. he's producing the movie. But he looks um, like The Rock now and not maybe what The Rock looked was. like. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, Paige would have come in when The Rock was Hollywood Rock but oh, came oh, back. She, but came back. Uh, like, she's only recent oh, WWE. Okay, okay, like, gotcha. she's young still. And, like... She's probably Is she retired. Is she left? So she hurt her neck or something like that, I think. And she's been she's still around. She's like the GM of SmackDown. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a big wrestling guy, and but I always, rumors... to, I always kind of liked her. So yeah, she's, she's cool. always been good. Um, I'm not super super familiar with her because she came in when I kind of dropped out, and and she's been around, and she was she was big. She made it huge for a while, and she was the face of that. Uh, women's division for a long time until she got hurt and uh so anyways this is the trailer that came out which is her life story essentially and um uh it it doesn't look great in my opinion um it looks cheap um it it looks like a wwe films direct to uh the marine (laughs) like i don't know uh, if it's that bad but i understand what you're saying like it kind of has like that i don't know it's just like kind of inspirational true story but through the vase of a wwe like something that would be premiering on wwe network maybe not as bad as can't wait for the miz right oh god that just that's why i made the joke of that the marine 11 came out or whatever the hell it did with the Shawn michaels the miz (laughs) and uh becky lynch um, but I am still kind of weirdly curious same. about it because of the cast and of Stephen Merchant directing. And they because... did like I like that they were able to have WWE involved, and they're using like they shot in an actual arena during Raw and during SmackDown and a pay per view, and so it'll feel authentic, I think, in right. a way. But and that's also part I think. I mean, obviously, because it is a WWE production, but because of The Rock's involvement, probably helping quite a bit to oh, get totally, those yeah. uh, behind the scenes. It's all—it's almost like the way that, like, you know, Terrence Malick shot uh, all the, At the, the Austin, Austin stuff, festivals but The Rock stuff like that. got the casting. Well, it's crew. like A Star is Born, yeah. Bradley Cooper being able to do, like, a lot of that stuff, too. And, and, uh... and it was supposed to come out this year as well, but it got moved. I think it was supposed to open in September. Yeah. But um, MGM, I think, is really kind of coming back next year they're they're gonna try to really regroup mgm's always interesting to me is well, because they're they gone are, and then they pop well up and they're like a, randomly there's they don't distribute their own films right like they always usually partner with someone to well they used to distribute their own yeah movies. like but, back in the 70s, but now they either yeah. partner with warner brothers or or someone else right or yeah the like, mid-2000s is when they stopped distributing movies because they had all i mean united artists as well i mean the rocky movies right Right, but then again, it's always through another studio. I feel like actually being released. Well, now it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's interesting because you look at the Bond films, or you look at the Hobbit movies, or, or more the more recent stuff that they've always been co-distributed by Warner Brothers or Sony, or uh, whether it be an international company. I mean, uh, even Creed Two has uh, MGM working with them, uh, Warner Brothers. 
and uh, MGM. So there's there's always a company that's uh, co-financing, but um, or co-distributing. But now it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, make a bit of a comeback, maybe this year or next year, with a couple of movies. I think they have. I, this movie's not going to do anything. No, Sorry. I know that. Sort of the that. Rock. Like I love the Rock, but it's just a weird thing for him to be like. I'm starting my own production company, and I'm going to do this story and. Uh, and Stephen Merchant directing and writing it is so weird to me. Right. And uh, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of like cringeworthy comedy. Like but that's what I mean. Gonna... Maybe it's going to be better than it looks. Right. Because... Maybe they're just marketing the kind of um, generic action for comedy pe- that you'd expect from one of these movies to sort of appease fans of the wwe but maybe there's going to be more to it within the film itself right because i I, because again like it was supposed to be released back in september and i know that they were having some problems with it maybe it just wasn't the movie that they were expecting it to be yeah i don't know okay the last trailer i wanted to talk to you about and the best of the week that i needed to talk to you about we got a trailer for pokemon detective pikachu Speaking and now is that of, the title or is it just Detective Pikachu? I think it's Detective Pikachu, but they put the Pokemon logo yeah. on all of it because you have to, um, probably. So this trailer, <laughs> my God, I was, I couldn't, I'm a, to give some context, I was the biggest Pokemon kid. I don't know. You were more into the cards than the games. Is yes. that it? Yeah, yeah. you did. Collect, and Pokemon Pinball. Okay. Pokemon Pinball rules. Yeah. Um, Rumble Pack? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. For Game Boy, it was awesome. But I was a huge, huge Pokemon kid. The did anime, you like the red or that, the blue That baby's version? on our side in the hallway. Gotta yeah. love our studio. For, <laughs> for Game Boy, did you like the red or the blue? I had better? blue. So I had Pokemon Blue as a kid. Um, I was the first one in my school to get all 151 Pokemon. I was very proud of that. Uh, I had a Mew. I went to Toys R Us to get that Mew. Um, Man, this was back in the day when I guess the internet would have just been first starting. And I remember finding um hacks for that game where you could find glitches and wasn't and, there like um, a glitch pokemon there was a glitch poking pokemon that you weren't called, supposed uh, to catch missing no it, it was yeah. missing number because it was like a uh yeah just like the temp name that they would put in for the pokemon but you could catch this glitch that was called missing no and you could i remember the rare candy treat um which is you would multiply this item to get unlimited of them so you could level up all your pokemon to level 100 and i was just obsessed with this game and this tv show and i remember going to see pokemon the movie the first one at Scotiabank when it was used to be um fucking paramount or yeah, something the paramount. Or paramount theater and um driving up here because it was only it was in limited release i think first because yeah, it was, that was that was the mewtwo um, Mew yeah, story right yeah, yeah and it was, i think it was limited too. release in toronto only for the first probably week or so um, right because it was probably at well, no i feel like that would have been a big thing i think it played in, i think because i remember seeing maybe it, we just I came to toronto Ajax, for, i saw it i i there might have just been a reason. Maybe there was a reason we came to Toronto. I'm not sure, right. but so, anyways, I have a huge history of. Just well, I mean, being a couple years ago, we spent like one summer day getting horrible sunburn. Pokemon Go, yeah. Pokemon Go, yep. Um, but yeah, no, I I felt the same way. Like I was more like I liked. I had the red cartridge, but yeah. I was more of a collector of the cards. And did I you? The you so you did play the game as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I, I I didn't really have all the cheats and stuff like that because I'm dumb when it comes to video games. Man, I was, and stuff but I like loved that. even you didn't even need to cheat. Like I loved trading oh, with kids man, at school. I remember having a Charizard and card, and oh, I had one of those too, and I gave it away. My brother so stole bummed. it from me. It, those things are Connor. worth if you have a first edition Charizard card in like mint condition, they're worth like a couple hundred bucks. I think yeah. depending on 
which which version you get so anyways back to gary dose uh yeah back to uh detective pikachu i remember when this movie got announced and thinking like it was the dumbest thing ever and that it didn't make any sense and like if it definitely sounds like a cash grab right it sounds like it's like it's and i'm sure it still is but that's fine because poke it, it almost felt like it was all brought on by pokemon go in yeah. a way, like it's like, oh, Pokemon Go is really popular, and it at this brought moment, Pokemon so. back into like everyone's mindset, right? Because yeah. I think Pokemon has never really gone away, but it's always stayed that thing that probably was gigantic when we were kids, stuck around, but then the hardcore fans still play it, and then there's kids who probably still do the cards and watch right. the show. And, and it's then, like there's these waves in Japan too, yeah. like it, it, like I remember, remember Digimon, and yeah. then also uh, Yu Gi Oh. Yu Gi Oh was I think a little late for me, like right. I never. Same. I never got into but I remember Yu-Gi-Oh. that being Digimon popular. was huge into because they were yeah. the like back when you'd have the guy version and the girl version because girls liked Tamagotchi and boys liked Digimon because you could fight them and, right like, and they all ended with her um, last name as Mon yeah it was great um but this Detective Pikachu trailer drops and I knew we were getting it soon and I rem- Ryan Reynolds in the cast voicing Pikachu um wasn't really sure what I I should be expecting from this and Eric, let me tell you, I think this looks great, and I cannot wait to see it. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of excited as well. Like I'm I'm hoping, in a weird way, maybe it won't be as as subversive, but it kind of has almost like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of vibe. Where some people know, wanted more of that. Where I, I, right, but well, it's only the first trailer, yeah. right? Like, so we don't know how involved um the the plot of the the mystery of finding this character's uh father who's played by justin justice smith um who was in um, jurassic, jurassic world, world fallen Two. kingdom um, he was, and no offense to this kid because he looks like he's doing a good job in this movie he right was very, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's just, he, yeah he was very bad in jurassic right, yeah. world i hated it but, i mean nothing was really great <laughs> yeah. in that movie um and then Catherine newton who who's a really uh wonderful up-and-coming uh young actress who was in uh big little lies um, she was in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, uh, Lady Bird. She's popped up in a whole bunch of stuff in supporting roles, and she's the one that has the side duck. Um, but what I do really like, and and, and it's kind of weird, is just the design of the Pokemon themselves. Yep, they kind of look almost like fuzzy peaches. Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> like you've got this said fuzzy that, but aura around them. I read an interesting article that I, I just want to um, hold one. That, um, this fan who did fan art for Pokemon um, online where he would draw realistic versions of Pokemon got a job as a concept artist for yeah. the movie. And I, oh, yeah, I, I remember those. And I think that they – I'm with you where I think they did a great job at making them l- fit in with humans and look like real creatures and they do still look cartoony in a sense, but like – Yeah, I that, mean they don't look real. They're abstract right. visuals. But they do a – great job of making him work in the world that they show me for those two minutes right and i don't know i'm just blown away because i never thought that that would be possible or that a pokemon movie would work or that they did enough world building in a two and a half minute trailer where i'm like i buy into it that like yes there are pokemon trainers that go and fight these these creatures but then there's also a real world surrounding them where crime happens and like it's a real living breathing universe where these uh pocket monsters uh <laughs> that was the original um, title yeah. pocket Monsters. well that's what pokemon stands for right and um where these these creatures live with these humans and and i don't know like and then i thought it would be off-putting with i i still don't know if i love 
the voice of Ryan Reynolds coming from Pikachu. Like I right. almost is it because it's too recognizable? I think so. With him being Deadpool, which is very much I think um, uh, a voice performance more so than like I mean anyone could be under that suit and, right. and just that's so um, his voice is so iconic with that role now um as well as just ryan reynolds voice and his delivery is very recognizable too where i don't know i i i again it's too early to tell and i i don't know if i would have liked i thought maybe it would be funnier a lot of people say danny devito or someone with but a even more danny grizzled, devito but I, but then a, i a, i think a, that from a comedic right. point of view danny devito works for jam. me Come on. Of, yeah but his grizzled kind of voice works more than the smarmy kind of voice from ryan reynolds right. for me personally but i do like how they have that pikachu only is able to talk to the lead character and everyone still hears him as what pikachu sounds like in the yeah. anime and the cartoon and uh the mr mime bit i thought was very funny and, and creepy and, kind and of mr. Mime it, it has almost like a silence of the lamb yeah. interrogation kind of moment but i will say with that with with the 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 ryan reynolds voicing P- detective pikachu is that i do agree with you 100 percent. it's the, the voice is too recognizable it's too smart alecky um and also going back to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Charles Fleischer, who voiced uh, Roger Rabbit, wasn't really – I mean like he was a stand-up comedian and, and Robert Zemeckis has used him in other movies. But he wasn't kind of a name that you really know. Like I kind of wish that they did go with somebody that was maybe unrecognizable. More of a voice actor. Yeah, that, like, like John H. Uh, Benjamin from, from Archer and Bob's Burgers yeah, or yeah. something like that. Like Although he like his voice, his voice is, is very, very distinct yeah. as well. But – Something on uh, along those lines where it's not a movie star voice that you recognize right away because it's going to kind of take you out of the film a little bit at first because you'll just be like, that's Van Wilder voicing yeah. a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Bruh, check this out. Yeah, Deadpool voicing Pikachu. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the only thing that I think – but again, it won me over by the end of it yeah. where I'm like this... – I love that Ken Watanabe's in it. Yeah, too. Ken Watanabe I'm sure will have a, a – a, a decent role in it too and i i don't know just the the for everything from the poster in this trailer that we just saw i'm like you know what i believe this world and i think that um if it's successful that's a world that they can build out and and um and it's you more than 150 characters you now. could do oh god yeah well there's you see greninja and you see a lot of the uh, pokemon that aren't from first gen that so it's interesting that Will we see Ditto? Um, fuck, I hope we see Ditto, man. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Um, um, I mean, I always liked, I always liked Mewtwo. Um, Ky- my brother Kyle and I really loved uh, Gengar. Gengar it was always um, fun. If I want one Pokemon to be in the movie, I always loved Electabuzz as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Electabuzz was my favorite Pokemon. What as was a the kid. green creature? Scyther. Um, Scyther. That Scyther was, like was a great. Praying I loved Mantis him. kind of. So. I always um, like Tentacool too. <laughs> Tentacool. So this is. Uh, do you remember Electabuzz? Oh no, I I, I yeah. caught oh, yeah. one of him okay. or oh, one Pokemon of them. Go? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what's funny too about Pokemon Go is everyone uh, remembers all the Pokemon now, or even people who never knew Pokemon were caught them all in yeah. Pokemon Go. The and, worst is Muck. Um, yeah, Muck sucks. <laughs> Muck and Grimer. Oh, yeah, they're just um, gross. Oh, Gyarados. I mean, Gyarados. Garbage. Well, I think you're going to see some cool stuff with that. Yeah. You see that big tidal wave coming, and like, I hope I see an Electabuzz, although I know he's not one of the most popular Pokemon, but um, 
Yeah, man, I, I love Pokemon, and I, I, I can't wait to see what they do with all of this, and I think uh, it's a perfect time with Pokemon Go being as popular, and, and they're releasing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Um, actually, uh, as we record this, it comes out tomorrow, um, and then next year we're getting a, a brand new Pokemon game for, for the Nintendo Switch, which I'm sure will time up. Um, well, when's this movie come out? March? March or April? Yeah, it, it's in the spring next year. I'm excited, man. I don't know. Like, it'll be it, fun. It'll be, it'll fun. be fun. Like again, I I was making jokes about cinema being alive and things like that with the gifts from from Pokemon. I just the, I can't be cynical about right. this because one, it's for kids. Two, uh, I loved Pokemon, and I'm not ashamed to say I this looks cool and I want to see it. Like, oh, e- I think even, it'll be a fun time. But I do also feel like I mean, we saw film Twitter kind of glibly. Taking, shit on it a little bit shit yeah. on it but i mean i think there was some that was that was generally having a good time like i ex- was and, and i mean i was same, trying same. To, yeah. um but i do wonder how generations that didn't grow up will see the film just the movie as itself like will they just write it off as being a trend or fad for our generation that only we um like or understand geez it is really snowing outside <laughs> right now um or or will they give it a chance like i'm 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 hoping that like you know but i feel like everyone knows pokemon and yeah but and... i mean there's but like i look at my parents generation are sure are, are they going to no exactly and that's what i mean but i don't mean but like if they have kids to take they'll take them right and people our age i think if you're 30 or under um this you'll i think you'll be curious enough where i think it'll be a hit i personally think it will do very well for warner brothers and um and legendary um yeah man it's legendary now going back to warner brothers right because they were with universal for yeah a i think this is this is one of their first warner brothers productions now going well, back yeah because they used to do everything with yeah. them right because i think it was universal that this was housed at before and then when legendary left there yeah. to go back to warner brothers right but i think at that point it was still like in a early development and stage. it's always interesting because pokemon's so synonymous with N- nintendo but nintendo doesn't own pokemon poke the pokemon company owns pokemon right so right. you have things like the super mario brothers movie being set up at illumination with universal uh but pokemon going to warner brothers and and i know the quality control over there is also they're very protective over their franchises so that also gives me like it's taken this long for us to get a live action pokemon movie like, but i also think that this works better because it's not maybe a straightforward adaptation like of, gotta catch them all beat the gyms yeah like, like it's not gonna be a story that's about ash misty and bra i think you'll have but, them show up eventually or they'll be mentioned like they'll probably they will they'll, be mentioned they'll be like an easter egg or maybe they'll be like oh you know like like the original trainers like ash and all this kind Do of you stuff. think a post-credit sequence teases him at all or something well maybe the hat or something like that like something well, like, they'll reference that other Pikachu, right? Because Ash right. has a Pikachu. Unless yeah. it's revealed that this Pikachu is Ash's Pikachu. But, like, uh, that would be... I don't know about that. Uh, anyways, I'm getting way too deep into like, it. But Like, in terms of, like, a, a negative review for the film, it's like Detective Pikapoo is horrible or no, something Oh, God, like probably. Yeah. The other Pokemon I want to give a shout-out to, because it reminds me of Oshawa, is Oshawott. There's a Pokemon. Oshawott. Oshawott. Yeah. It's a newer Pokemon. Oh, but, okay. Um, but Electabuzz, give me an Electabuzz in the movie. I, that's all I want to see at some point. Uh, okay, fuck me. We're going. Um, see, I didn't talk to you for a week, and and you know and this is what so happens. Much, there's so much to talk about. Um, we'll quickly go through the news, and then uh, we'll wrap this stuff up. Um, 
so on a sad note, um, this past week, uh, the great Stan Lee passed away at 95 years of age. Um, uh, I mean, I think Eric, we were talking before the show and, um, I don't want to say a complicated legacy because of some of the stuff that came out recently. And I don't want that to be stuff that we get both about him. And also, I mean, like him, there was conversations about him sexually assaulting nurses, but there was also conversations about, uh, people that were close to him, exploiting him, him. And, and I just and think like him living with Kevin Smith. Right. And when there's a, in the last stages of your life and when you become older and you start to kind of, I don't want to say everyone always loses themselves by the end of it, but with everything that people trying to take advantage of him and maybe some things that I don't, I don't want to focus on all of that stuff. Let's kind of talk about that on another day that there's some complicated things. It's good to acknowledge that he is a human being and it's not healthy to just say that any, with anybody, not Stan, not just Stanley, but like, you know, if nobody's perfect, I agree, and not and that that gives anybody the an right excuse to do, to or an excuse, but you have to look at the context of, you know, this person just passed away. What was his contribution? What was his or her contribution to pop culture in this case? Because this is a pop society culture and everything, society. Like, yeah, and it was felt because right now in 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 our medium, in our field, and and what we love to do, comic book movies are at their peak. I mean, I think they're still peaking. Um, well, and, yeah, with Infinity War and Black Panther yeah, this and, year. Yeah, and he is a central... He's the godfather of all yeah, of that. Yeah, he's a central part of that. I mean, he is he is a brand name figurehead onto what Marvel is. I mean, you know, Jack Kirby doesn't get a, enough attention, but, you know, when you see Stan Lee, you know who he is. You know, he's, he's, he's you know, the Spielberg of comic books, mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, um, just in terms of, like, his recognition both for his contribution to the arts and the um, characters he's created and and him being kind of a character like he yeah. almost kind of created a persona of you know the supporting and championing the outsider and those who are disenfranchised and and underrepresented and mm-hmm. you know like i mean his characters or the characters that he you know championed in in from the x-men to spider-man uh to, to black panther, to black panther to... were were people that were on the outside and that were different and were treated unjustly and yet they made the choices in life to help those who if they were given the opportunity the the other people they might not help them Mm -hmm. so they were you know took the, the the high ground very well said i think he's one of the greatest creators of our time and um it he lived a long um, yeah, ninety five is nothing. Oh I mean, God, it's sad, I, but ninety five is nothing to. I think it's more we should be celebrating his yeah. life and 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 at ninety five and it. I mean, I I there was a great there's been great video shared of him talking about some of the things that you talked about of trying to um, uh, stick up for people and represent um, different cultures and different things that were underrepresented and and him speaking about his fans and his relationship with them and how much he he treasures that people actually care about the things that he he has made and it brings them joy and it will live on beyond him and 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 to live to 95 and to leave a legacy like stan lee has in in the sense where um sure superhero movies might eventually fade out just like um most things do or maybe they won't but like 
he will always be the guy who created Spider-Man and uh, and Iron Man and 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 basically this gigantic section of of both Hollywood and pop culture and, and comics that will never go away. There, no one will ever forget who Spider-Man is or the Avengers or 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 the I don't think Marvel people will universe. forget who Stan Lee was exactly. And he goes hand in hand with that, and he became you you put it perfectly a character in him uh, in him himself showing up in cameos and at conventions and 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 um I, I was thinking the other day of like you will never forget what stanley even sounds like right which in a lot of these situations um with creators or or um uh, authors or anyone who who leaves on a legacy that passes away sometimes you only know them from their work right you yeah the actually... name or or the yeah. or the the work that they do i mean look at someone like I, I, I've seen Bob Kane and, and yes. I've seen behind the scenes footage of him when the first Batman was coming up, but a lot of people really don't know what he looked like or who he was and There's, the way that Stan Lee, I mean, like if, if you were to show a picture of Stan Lee, somebody would say, oh, didn't I see him in that movie? Yeah. Even if they didn't know it was Stan Lee, right? right? And like, I, I, it's crazy. Like there's very few people I will be able until the end of time, until at the end of my time, remember what they sound like, what their signature looks like, right, and um, what they looked like, and what they created, and um, I mean, for a, a kid who who grew up loving comic books and 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 Spider Man being Spider Man and Batman always being my number one and number two, and and you could flip those around or tied for number one. But, yeah, and him and Bob Kane um, were friends. Like Stanley, I remember there was an interview where he was saying that he wished Bob Kane was still around because you know like they always talked about how they had this healthy competition where you know uh, when batman was released and became this huge blockbuster success stan lee wanted you know spider-man to be made so they he could compete against bob and then when bob kane passed away he was really upset that you know like he could never you know gloat to, to, <laughs> to bob to him, that spider-man yeah. became this huge success um so like and again it seems like a a lot of people were touched by um, Stan's contribution to uh, film and, and and television and comic books and the arts and and inspired and, and generations on uh, generations sharing whether they be you know selfies or uh, you know anecdotes about meeting him or you know actually collaborating with him and 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 you know from Todd McFarlane to uh Kevin Smith you Kevin mentioned. Smith who who I think that was the first time I I saw Stanley in anything was Mallrats um but I always I I have never not known him like it was weird like he's always he's he's always been a figure that I've 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 known like he, and he's he, always been one of those guys who's been old since I remember since the him. dawn like, of time yeah like I just you thought since, that he would out he would survive out survive well, that's what I mean and I think that's what makes it so sad even though he's 95 I think he was just one of those guys who people just you you forgot that yes Stan I remember mentioning, you took it for granted that yeah, you know like oh he'll he was, always be around yeah exactly and at 95 fuck if I can live till 95 and if one person can remember who I am. Like, I just don't want the Coco thing of just like eventually just you'll be forgotten. But like, right? Uh, at least he he never will be. And if I can live till I'm 95 and a couple people remember me, I will be a happy man. So uh, yeah, a long life. And I don't think that uh, he'll ever ever be forgotten. To be honest, no. I think that his his legacy will live on for generations to come and inspire 
new comic book writers and authors and and cartoonists and and filmmakers and and people wanting to tell their stories so even if comic books eventually go away um i still think his creations will live on in in movies and we'll be getting reboots and 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 remakes and of, of, of his characters for god definitely until we're not here anymore <laughs> right so a final excelsior to stan the man lee enough said rest in peace uh let's Moving on that kind of more depressing note, but still I'd say somber. Um, somber, yeah. yeah. Somber. It's not depressing. It's not it's depressing. Good to celebrate. I celebrate. Yeah. I'm with you. That yeah. 95 is a great amount, and yeah. it's more of a. But cel- it is still sad. But yeah, uh, it's but, sad, but celebrate. Um, we've talked a lot about uh, Disney Plus and um, what shows are coming on there. Um, recent piece of news. I feel like we've talked about the Mandalorian uh, metric shit ton over the last. Three, four, I feel like Disney weeks. should be sending us money, um, by right. because of the number of times we've we've talked about it. But we've only been given little, little pieces. Well, of each it. week I feel like we get a little bit more, yeah. right? So, uh, most recently we talked about uh, which directors were involved um, when when it's coming out, which is next fall. Um, now we're finally getting some information on the casting because I thought it was a little bit weird that they were starting to shoot the series but I feel like we never heard they about probably anyone. have the cast it's it's like they had the cast I just don't know how they keep this so under wraps until like yeah. yeah I don't I don't know either but I mean when a, when a movie or a television show goes into production that means they usually have everybody. I mean, if they have to add somebody the last minute, usually it's a production problem or a scheduling snafu that comes up last minute. Um, so they, the the whole cast is probably there. Like like they they're just maybe giving out the names slowly so they don't they don't want to spoil everything. And and I know that Pedro Pascal specifically had been rumored. So, so that the name news had is been floating yeah. around. So sorry to cut you off. No, I just no, want no, to no, give people the yeah, news yeah. before we talk about it. So um uh in this past week um a lot of outlets are talking that both Pedro Pascal and Gina Carano um have been uh, uh, added to the cast of the Mandalorian with Pedro Pascal being the lead the pair um, we've been waiting for and Gina Carano uh being involved somewhat we don't know what her role is um guaranteed it's going to be haywire yeah i so yeah uh, i don't know what your thoughts are here we don't have to go too too in in into it cuz we again we still don't really know that much about the series other than it takes place on the outskirts of the the galaxy with a lone gunslinger right? in a post boba yeah. fett bounty right. hunter universe yes uh, in between jedi and force awakens yeah. and i hope that it kind of maybe uh, return of the jedi a little bit from the skywalker saga i'm sure there'll be references and what have you but well I mean, it'll talk i think you'll hear about the empire because it's the fall of the right. empire I don't like and that then, i yeah. just mean like the skywalkers, skywalkers. i hope they leave them out because but... like there's a whole universe to explore it doesn't these... always have to revolve around them yeah. exactly and and it just feels like it's so small when and don't get me wrong, I love those characters, and they've been a big part of our lives in, in, in terms of pop culture. But and, that's what and those episode history. movies should be about. Right, that's right. It, yeah. But this can be expansive, and we can get, we can finally get our Dash Rendars and, 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 and what have you. Um, so I'm, I'm really hopeful that we'll get to see corners of the universe that haven't had the light shed on them yet, and, and maybe you know get characters and storylines that are as compelling or or developed to become compelling and and we don't know what this is going to ultimately be is this going to be 
you know, a limited series? Will it keep going on? Will it eventually maybe spin off into films? Like, we'll see which characters work, which characters don't. I think it's it's very exciting to kind of enter new territory. Mm-hmm. And then um, I talked a little bit with Nevis last week that they announced a second Star Wars series um, uh, taking place uh, before Rogue One um, uh, with Cassian Andor. Uh, Played by Diego Luna. Diego Luna um, being the lead in that series. So your thoughts quickly. I know you you can chime in on that if you want. But... I hope that it's it's an ensemble cast right. because I I didn't mind Diego Luna in Rogue One, but if it's completely focused on his character or he's the lead, I don't know how compelling he is as a leading man. I've never really loved Diego Luna as just you know the lead in something. Like, I always kind of like him as either a supporting character or supporting actor, character actor. Um, I yeah, think... I'm with you. He worked in that movie yeah. because I feel like he Why was surrounded Mama by Tumbian is probably his best performance, which was back in the early 2000s, which is an Alfonso Cuaron movie. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm assuming you'll bring back K2SO with uh, yeah. Alan Tudyk and, and you'll have them. And, and the idea of, like, a spy show... Um, I don't mind like, that. That but... sounds interesting. But I kind of wish... I just think maybe she's just too big right now, or maybe that's the wrong word to say, but I'd rather have a story or or more plot focused on Generoso because yeah. I would watch a show about that. That would be a character to invest, you know, four to five seasons worth at least and, and kind of create a, a universe around her because even in Rogue One, I thought one of the best things was Felicity Jones's performance. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of that he's this rebel spy and that he... Even though he's on the good side, he does some bad things. I mean, even right. we see in the opening moments of Rogue One where he kind of just fucking straight up murders that dude because yeah. uh, he's injured and he could ruin it all, basically. And um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm i mixed on it. Again, I, I want to start getting away from characters we've already seen and, and stories that have already been told. Other than and Watto. I want a Watto. I just need Watto to show up. <laughs> You know, I just need him to be in one of these things. I just, just need him to like, be a dad for the day. I, I just need him to take my kids to yeah. school. I need him to pay alimony. I also, He's got to be there. Also, I know people hate him, but like... Pay respect to Jar Jar, man. Like we gotta see what oh, I he's thought you were gonna say to. Dengar, like a Dengar too. But... I got I gotta see how he rolls that toilet paper around his head. Um, God, I love Dengar. Dengar, <laughs> God bless Dengar. But back to Pascal and Carano. I mean, um, I don't know. I'm not super familiar with Pedro Pascal. I I was talking to Nevis about him because we he's saw him in, in Kingsman. Uh, yes, it, it, which I thought and he you was also saw fine. him in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Yes. Um, uh, when when they go to uh, Puerto Rico, when Regina King goes to Puerto sure, Rico, sure. I oh, that movie is a blur to me, man. I don't remember much from it. Right. Um, um, and then also, I mean, like his his most. But Kingsman, I do remember. Yeah, and his it, biggest it, role is in Game of Thrones, and which, he's yeah. great. And there, there, he becomes uh, Peter Dinklage's uh, champion. And, sure, and I'm that... watching it right now. Okay. so I'm on episode three of the first he's, season. He's a very compelling character. Like okay, I just cool. like I got like. Do you his... like Game of Thrones? I do. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I. I finally started it, and I didn't think... I think think the last season wasn't great, because I think now it's winding down, so that's like, it has to come to its inevitable conclusion, or like, all the pieces of chess you can only move so far now, the game is basically over. Yeah. Has winter come yet? Because it certainly has here, Oh, yeah. Sorry, we keep... Usually we only do this on the first snowfall. But that was the show where... Because Pedro's also on... uh, Pedro Pascal's also on Narcos, but um, Game of Thrones was... 
the show where it's like, oh, this guy really has exudes charisma and charm. And like, cool. I can understand somebody wanting to center a whole show around him. Like, it, it makes sense. Like, he could hold that. And, and then it well. always makes me remember, like, all these Game of Thrones actors showing up in other places because I just started watching the series. Um, uh, Benioff and Weiss are doing that Star Wars movie or whatever they're series. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's supposed to be a movie or a series of movies, but... I don't know. I'm curious about that because, like, even within the first couple episodes of Game of Thrones, I'm like, oh shit! I see why they would want these guys because you have such this large universe, and and they do a great job of having these different sections and 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 families and and the way that they blend the storytelling by telling you completely different stories but giving you tidbits and all these different things. I could see them jumping from different planets and having it all kind right. of working together. So um I'm Although I'm sure it won't that. take as long for like battles or wars to no. happen because I mean that's the kind of thing that a lot of people with Game of Thrones were always complaining about is that it takes so long for certain and, characters to meet and, and, and even, worlds to collide. Yeah and with me being on the third episode where I was complaining to Nevis being like can we fucking get this going? Right. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, no, it does take its, uh, its like, time. It's like the, the the wire was like that though as yeah. well. Like the HBO wire... shows in general, I feel like they yeah, HBO it's... does a good job at letting their creators kind of breathe and and and. I don't know if any of it's padding. I mean, even right. but, but even even you'd have to admit with something like Breaking Bad, like it took a kind oh God, of novel yeah. approach where you know you're 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 setting the stage for these characters to go a certain direction or, or, or find their way within a story that is going to be told over seasons or, or a, one particular arc over the course of, you know, eight to ten episodes now. And and so that is going to play out the way it should. It's going to play out maybe at a pace that people aren't uh, accustomed to. And I think that plays better in the way that I'm even watching it where I can watch it at my own pace and binge right. watch it or spread it out or or whatever because I felt the same with Breaking Bad where I'm like, man, if I watched Breaking Bad the first couple seasons as they were airing, I might have fallen off of that show and just been like, fuck, it's too slow. Like, I can't, like, I can't do this right now. But I binge watched the first three or four seasons and that's when it finally starts to kind of pick up a little bit too and... and I don't know. Like I'm, I'm fine with slow burns and and taking your time and and telling the story properly. But um, oh, the one thing Pedro um, Pascal was awful in, but it, I don't really hold this against him because I think the movie was just generic. Was the Equalizer two? Oh my god! Yeah, he is the the villain, right? Or spoiler. or yeah. Spoiler. Oh shit! Okay, sorry. Spoiler for the Equalizer two. But <laughs> he uh, like I mean, if you're listening to this and haven't yeah. seen the Equalizer two, just don't bother. Yeah. Um, I forgot. Yeah. And this is the thing with him, like, even in Kingsman 2, I I remember, but... I thought he was more um, fun in that. Like, yeah. at least he kind of had a little bit more to do. Right. Um, um, but either way, I'm I'm excited for that series. a sweet cowboy hat. He, he is a sweet cowboy in that movie. Uh, let's... I'm going to skip a couple of these news stories because we're running um, late. Let's finish with the Ennio Mork kone stuff that's what i wanted to talk i don't even about. know if this is finished uh, because it seems right. like there's something new that keeps getting added on a daily basis mm-hmm. you sent me the article i kept this. sending you updates I, like I, over like i, I think like, you were in new york what is when i going on so to give you know so, recently turned what 95 yeah he might be the same age as stanley or is it 90 90 maybe it was 90 i think it was 90, 90. um he so, follows me on twitter uh, yeah it's really very weird. weird uh i'm sure it's his his 
whoever does his well it's because i because it will i think part of it as well because when i he turned 90 90 happy birthday um <laughs> when when i interviewed quentin tarantino on the django and chains uh red carpet the humble question brag. i asked him was about Eno, humble brag humble brag was about Eno morricone and then i put that in in uh my tweet about it and then the account followed me so. thank you for that wonderful tidbit of how <laughs> well i just, <laughs> I'm just, I, just giving want, shit. I just want people to know that i'm important to some okay <laughs> i'm giving you shit um so anyways the news here um which has been something that's popped up over the last five years, seven years, as they've been working together more. But um, there was an article that came out, an interview in Playboy, Germany. Uh, so German Playboy. Oh, your country. Uh, yes. Um, where Ennio Morricone supposedly gave an interview where he called Quentin Tarantino. Can you put supposedly uh, in, in uh, quotations? Yeah. Um, a cretin. Uh, and he said he just steals from other filmmakers and he never does anything original and that he's uh, uh, basically a bum. I'm paraphrasing there a little bit. Um, You're a bum. Yeah, he basically calls him a hack, essentially, right. and says that he w- doesn't want to work with him ever again and that he just steals from the best directors and he's, he shouldn't be in the same league as um some of the best working Michael Bay. Uh, as some of the best directors in history um so that article comes out and everyone's like fuck okay like this was on his birthday essentially i yeah. think well um, what a what a birthday uh, and they're like oh they're like surprise. that's interesting that he worked with him on uh, hateful 8 and, and he also won an Oscar, provided uh, 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 a piece of Django. score for Django. yeah, yeah and, and and tarantino's used more Morricone scores and and a lot yep. of his films again Tarantino but he, but, very good at taking from others and making it his own and that's nothing but, new and Tarantino yeah, has never that's his and, shtick though and, like but yeah and Tarantino has never said that you know like this is a wholly original piece of filmmaking no like, he's, he's always, an homage filmmaker yeah and like, he's, he's always paid tribute and gave the credit where the credit is due yeah if you talk to him he will tell you every single reference he's made yeah, he in all of these movies he will tell you that he gladly steal from <laughs> yeah. all these people like he's never been ashamed of it and he does it in a, in a loving way that's not plagiarism it's it is homage yeah um so there have been different quotes over the years i think with morricone where he's um said things that maybe were taken out of context or misinterpreted or or things like that but this interview was very straight up of being like i interviewed him at his his home and he said these things so then a couple days later there's an update that morricone comes out and says, I, I absolutely did not say any of this stuff. It's it's not true, and I respect Tarantino. I he won me an Oscar essentially, or I I won an Oscar working with him. Yeah, because that was the, and, the that was the competitive Oscar he won for uh, the Hateful Eight for scoring that film. Even though he probably used mostly the stuff the unused uh, thing, thing score. Yeah. Um, but before that as well, just going back to. Uh, sort of misinterpretation i remember when he won or he was given the honorary oscar and he came up on stage and he doesn't really speak any english and they didn't have his translator with him so they had clint eastwood doing some of the translation well i mean eastwood yeah, I had know, worked he, with yeah. sergio leone and he in speaks Italy, Italian, a little yeah, bit yeah. but you could tell that he even he was struggling so maybe some of the things that he was saying in english english weren't exactly what morricone was trying to say and i think so... you lose some of the nuances in in when you're 
being interpreted and, yeah. and things like that too right like you might take things out of context or they might be like you didn't mean it exactly in that way that someone is is, is right or the way it reads is different to the way it sounds sounds and i mean that comes across even in relationships and text yeah. messaging and, and i mean and everybody anything. jokes it's like there should be a sarcastic text right exactly <laughs> right and you just and i feel like so anyways he comes out accuses this guy of lying and you're like this is weird like is he just some people were like is he getting a little senile does he not realize that he might have said this stuff and then playboy comes out a few days later and goes uh we stand by our writer this interview happened um uh i don't know why morricone is saying this and you're like okay this is getting weird because they're both going back and forth of saying this happened then two days after that there's another update and i feel like i kept sending you these updates through text message and um Playboy came out and put a like they retracted the the article saying that um, the writer made false statements and he just completely made some of this up and included it in his interview and that they uh, regret ever running it and that they will never work with this guy again and I'm sure he won't get another freelance writing gig in it ever. Yeah, he's he's um, basically blacklisted yeah. yeah which is and he came out and said like oh i made some grave mistakes or something he's a french mu- music uh writer or something and and uh, it's just bizarre like and he said i think his excuse was like oh i i kind of took things from other interviews he's done over the years and i've <laughs> included them and like paraphrased them or something. Uh, i'm like that's not really how an interview works no. for one and two you can't just take things out of context from other things and and try to include them in in yours and rewrite them in your words or say that someone said this so morcone said he's suing playboy or the writer playboy i think said that they're going to take legal action as well although like i was talking to nevis about this too and and she's a an editor and she was like well i mean playboy ran it i'm like it's kind of like their editor-in-chief should have kind of but they also trusted this writer i know but you're when you're the editor-in-chief you kind of have you need to, to double like, triple check like, your sources especially you with to... something that's as harsh as that like right. i if i was reading that i'd go oh fuck he said this in an interview really can, can we double and like yeah can i have that or, audio because yeah. like i'm assuming what happened was they knew this this interview took place because it did take place this guy interviewed him yeah um and then eventually, that's why they stuck up for him going, no, we know we sent him to Morricone's house and he did this interview. Right. And we stand by our writer. He's never done anything wrong before, since then. But then, then now it makes you question everything uh, else everything he's written done. In the And past. this happened recently at IGN with, a, with a, a guy who wrote reviews for Nintendo there. And he plagiarized from a bunch of YouTube videos. And there was this big thing of they found out he, he's a serial plagiarist and like so it's weird when people do things like this and then um they ended up i'm assuming getting the audio from him and probably having someone listen to it and and finally when he never said these things right so um tarantino knows he knows that well i'm sure tarantino and morricone probably had a a conversation i'm sure and like who knows if they've been working together on anything for once upon a time in hollywood or um whether it's a new piece of music or whether tarantino's using like other st- source other stuff yeah, like he yeah, used yeah. to do um before um hateful eight and 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 i mean django still has a mixture of both but 
Yeah, it, just a weird, weird thing that I, I just wanted to bring up, and I just don't understand it. Who would think, like, I'm a writer, you're a writer. Um, I guess like maybe just, in the moment you think, like, oh, what is going to get me, you know, attention or hits? doesn't or, make any or... fucking sense, No, because it it's, you're I basically sabotaging your own career. And, because and... what, you don't think, you don't think Ennio Morricone is just going to be like, yeah, okay. You just said yeah. I called him a cretin and a hack and, like, this guy that I've worked with multiple times now. And, like, there's all – again, I keep going back and I'm like, there's always interviews where I think Morricone gives Tarantino a little bit of shit or something. And, like – Right. Or – but, again, they have a working but, relationship. But that's with, but there, there are many collaborations that are like that where yeah. it's – it's it can be very close or very um, – uh, hostile at times but you have to understand like when you're working with somebody in in a professional field especially when it comes to something like filmmaking you hear this the horror stories of you know this person actually is a really nice person but when it comes to making a movie or asking to do something for them they become a different person so contextually speaking maybe that was taken out of context or wasn't supposed to be even on record who knows like again like it just feels like this journalist was trying to create some sort of sensationalism out of nothing and and again why was why i mean did he think of the consequences or the ramifications to his actions well you brought up a good point too of maybe it was a off the record conversation that they had when he was interviewing him, but he wasn't recording him or maybe he was recording him without his permission at that time. Right. And he used that in the interview. So, um, but it is weird that you were saying that like, Oh, he took it from like other, well, that's what I read. I I could be wrong. So again, we're just discussing of what I've read on like online and, and different things too, which I think that's what's his excuse. And I probably should do better journalism too and pull right. up his actual stop, statement. Stop taking other people's but, yeah. sources and just putting it together. Uh, no, I'm, I'm literally just spewing bullshit. I don't. Uh, at least I'm open about it. Right. <laughs> like I'm just taking it as it is and, and talking about it. But Ian um, Morricone has a beef with uh, Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird, man. I don't know, but um, we'll see what happens, and I'd be curious to see. Uh, if Morricone is doing anything for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or it doesn't seem like it probably fits, but who knows with, with right. Tarantino? Yeah, I mean, just the I, timeline I mean, for an original score. I yeah. mean, like I'm sure there'll be a piece of Morricone music in Once Upon a right. Time, but uh, it's, oh yeah, well I mean, especially because I mean the character of Leonardo DiCaprio basically is clint eastwood oh right that doesn't even yeah so i'm sure they will be right because like, i mean eastwood yeah. after a long-running show went to italy even if it's not a complete a movie star star and and so yeah so they'll probably use something from like the good the bad and the ugly or or, or even if he writes something original or, for that yeah. like tv show or 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 movie that his character is actually in or doing yeah um i could see that but it is well. more contemporary in terms of of setting but i don't think that stops no 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 no. i mean look at the look at the untouchables with you know the depression prohibition era music like you know morricone can lend himself to you know any kind of um period based um movie but but it will be interesting to see if if there is anything used that's that's new um and i mean new as in like he actually wrote and composed it for the film not just took you know from other uh, movies from other movies that were that he didn't use yeah and again, I really like that Hateful Eight score, so don't get me wrong. I will listen to I, I remember listening to that all the I time was, in the car. So today, weirdly, I'm, <laughs> I must have been thinking about this this because I was singing um Encore Qui from a Django. Um uh, uh, excuse you. Qui. 
um that song and then also uh was thinking about the hateful eight score so um yeah i mean it's just a bizarre story so it is it is i mean it could have been weirder but oh totally or it could have been worse for me it's like i just don't understand coming from a writing background like i would never yeah like i just don't know where how people even get to that point or think about that being okay or yeah. oh not you know what being... quickly just to spin off of this the other thing i was thinking of and i think you sent me this this article as well so matthew libatique uh oh, cinematographer right. of a star is born and venom uh everyone's favorite movie and many other films. and many other films um was arrested for violent drunken behavior and and what he beat up a couple uh law enforcement types he was basically uh, he really did not want to uh be arrested or detained or anything like that so i think um yeah people were saying they reported him for like stumbling like he was like he was very intoxicated obviously and then he didn't like that people were telling him to stop or or trying to uh yeah well you know what he said i'm i'm the guy who shot venom yeah so he ended up hitting and pushing a couple people away and i think the cops came and he also did that to them and a medic Uh, as well yeah medic first i think when they were trying to check on him and then uh and then he hit a few police officers so he was arrested and uh which is especially being in a foreign country because he was in poland poland yeah um where they might be a little harsher on him because he's uh, an American. Right. And, and, uh, and, and the reason why I brought it up is because I saw a number of people retweeting and tweeting about it, but their first reaction wasn't like, oh, well, you know, are the people in the situation in the altercation okay? Or, you know, that's really sucks that, you know, like alcoholism and, and, and violent behavior can be fueled by the thing. But the first reaction is, Oh, I guess he's not going to get nominated, or he's right. he's not going to There's be the front runner now. for A Star Is Born, and it just bothered me because it's like, well, that's the first thing that you're bringing up, and and in terms of like that's what you took away from this article. Well, I didn't have it on the news either, but the whole Vigo Mortensen, um, yeah, situation as well. And if people aren't familiar with that, is that he used uh, the N word in a Q and A, not. I mean, more so in a. Um, he was talking about the context uh, of how that way. word was yeah. used back in the period in which the film is set. And he in says a very that no one way. and no one uses that word anymore. No. But he used the yes. word. So and I, that brought up when you're talking about the first thing people were talking about were oh there goes his Oscar chances again. Right. And I just felt again, like that's not the instead of having a, we should yeah, be having especially yeah in that situation that shouldn't be where your mind no. goes originally uh, like of like well his Oscar chances are gone. And it was like, no, you can have a conversation of like, yes, he, he shouldn't have used that word. And, right. and, and, and I mean, the cast came, the cast and crew came and made statements about that. And I'm sure with the Matthew Lee Batique situation, it, it, it was kind of similar, but, um, in both of those situations, which aren't the greatest situations, but, um, uh, to go to what their chances are to win a fucking trophy right after that is just like kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just, it's. It, it just bothers me. It, I yeah, don't know I'm why. Like it, it, it just feels like that's not the conversation we should be having. Like there's, there's more important things in those articles, in those narratives that should be discussed and really brought to people's attention. Not, oh, I guess they're not going to be nominated for this, or they're not going to get this job. Like it, it's just, it's really weird where people's 
minds will go right. when it comes to sort of going for the least important thing. And it just it just bothered me. I don't know why. I don't usually get so bothered by stuff like that, but it just felt like well, well these there's are important people issues. who are actually affected by those yeah. things and and, and they're and hurtful a, and mean yeah. and 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 again like I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, justify either one, but there is a conversation to be had and and sort of a bigger conversation to be had, but it just again feels like if that's where your mind, your mind goes is, right away, yeah. Well, maybe you need to change your priorities. I mean, we're big or... Oscar people too. Like yeah. again, like sure, but I, that's not what I'm thinking of when I. No, read I was stories. thinking, oh, I'm kind of disappointed in Viggo Mortensen for saying that because one, I really love Viggo Mortensen as an actor, and, and he should know better. He should know yeah. better, and I think he and I think and he I think was he... sincerely apologetic. But again, he shouldn't have said that. He sh- he could have said you know racial slurs or or what have you were of yeah. that time, but. But again, like for somebody to go, hey, this guy might not get an Oscar nomination now, or is not the front runner anymore. Same with Matthew Lee Batik, whether it's is his health or the health of the people that he. Uh, yeah, or a conversation about alcohol yeah. abuse. Yeah. I mean, he, we don't know if he. I mean, it, it, again, or it's just letting people like again. If I'm fucking, if I do something dumb and I'm arrested, it's not. A, sometimes it's none of your fucking business either. No, I no, mean, there was another article about um, Adam Driver being a dad for two years, right, and not knowing, and, it, and then it, someone was like, "Because it's none of your, your goddamn, goddamn business." business. Like, yeah, but I get. I, but then there's the other side of things of being like, if you put yourself in a uh, public position like right. that, and you are someone who is well known to everyone, then yes. You can't say, well, you don't. You can't talk about my public display of right. violence or my public display of, uh, uh, or my choice of words in, in a public space like that. Or, I mean, with the Adam Driver thing of like, how dare you not tell us you had a kid? It's like, well, now you know, but I didn't need to go make a fucking announcement through my publicist. Yeah, that's that my private a, life. Yeah. That's like it doesn't affect my public. Uh, contribution to right. film and television you know it, it, again like the, the movie i keep thinking of like right now is vox Lux, where that conversation of like what do what does a star owe you what does a celebrity owe you like what what do you think that they um should provide other than the work that they are contributing yeah it's an interesting conversation maybe we will save that for another day yep um thank you everyone for listening i know it was a big one but eric and i had a lot of a lot to talk about since he wasn't here last week um and i i think it was a really good episode i like that man that was i fun. did yeah it was a lot of fun. a lot of uh trailers a lot of great news um um and uh, i can't wait to do more of this next week man yeah next week we'll have uh reviews for or right now even if you're listening to it uh creed 2 will be out and wreck it ralph, um, wreck it ralph. Uh, two. A lot uh, of twos. Yeah. Uh, we'll be reviewing the number two. <laughs> yeah. Although I do find it funny that they didn't call it, or maybe, was it originally Ralph Breaks the Internet? Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph two? 2? But now I think they're just going with Ralph Breaks the Internet. Which I think it's is almost better, like a soft kind of reboot, technically. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really have much in common with the... Anyways, it's, well, more, it's, it's more episodic. Please go listen to our yeah. uh, um, our episode of, of the or Untitled. Draft. Yeah. Well, no, that's an Untitled movie review. So right, fair right. enough, yeah. So, uh, again, if you want to hear our reviews of the most recent films, please go subscribe to Untitled Movie Reviews on any podcast service you prefer. Um, this has been the 
12th, 12th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, if you could do us a huge favor, please leave us a review and let us know um, what you think of the podcast. Share it with your friends. We appreciate everyone who's liked the page on Facebook and has been giving us good feedback on everything. So uh, thank you again for listening and sticking it out for two hours and 12 minutes of Eric and I um, uh, bullshitting. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, we'll have to figure out what we're going to review moving forward. Um, I know. We're, do you want to pick something right now that we watch for next week or am I putting you on the spot? I think you're putting me on the spot, but we'll maybe figure we'll something out. We'll tweet it out of what we're going to review yeah, in case yeah. anyone wants to watch along with us. And then uh, we'll be back with uh, a bunch of new uh, b- b- bullshit next week, I guess. Right. I'm just vamping right now. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. As always, I'm Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work at uh, UntitledMoviePodcast.com and on Twitter at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm here with uh, Eric Marchin, where you can find more of my work at RogersTV.com CinemaScene. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EM6211. Thank you so much for listening. Excelsior. See you next week.